What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Miss Reps Podcast. My name's Kanal, and I hate football, and I'm joined here by Adam. Don't hate the football, man. Um, hey, everyone. Hope y'all are doing good out there um, in terms of life right now. Um, you know, the Christmas, you know, the holiday season is almost upon us. And, you know, I actually uh, got myself an early, well, uh, my fiance and I got ourselves an early Christmas gift in terms of an automatic, like, wine bottle opener. I mean, I, I, I never thought I would actually see this. You, you've got become fully domesticated. You, you're you're, 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 you're going to start telling me that you guys' favorite shows are on HGTV and stuff like that. Um, I mean, don't yeah, we like, don't do we like House Hunters. <laughs> <laughs> House Hunters is our jam. I don't actually like HGTV any more than that one show. I think there's also, what was the other show? Um, what's the show that they have? Oh, it was the lot, my lottery dream house, which is essentially like, it's, it's, it's basically another form of house hunters if you won the lottery. So I just like to mm. see like, you know, nice big houses. Sometimes it's a disappointing show in short, because you'll get that person that does the smart thing with the money that they won. They'll be like, yeah, I helped pay these bills off. I got my family settled. I just want like a, a 300k house. And it's just like, this is house hunters all over again, but yeah. like with a different host and stuff, you know, or actual host because house hunters just has a narrator. So not going to lie. Um, I do. I watch, uh, I watch something similar. Well, it's not really, but it's like this guy. Um, I'm going to mispronounce his name. It's like NS Yilmazer or something. I think like that mm-hmm. he's on YouTube and he always like tours, like these exquisite multi tens of millions of dollars, mansions and stuff like that. And I just kind of sit there and like, that's like my background TV every, every now and then where he's just like, I think he did an episode recently where he was like touring Michael Jordan's house and stuff. Really? And I'm just like, damn, that's like the dream. But, you know, I think I've like, heard of that channel before. I've not seen it here and there because I mean, that's kind of cool just to um, get to see big houses, of course, even give you ideas. I think like for me, I want, I don't know why, but I want a loft so bad, especially like a loft in like. The downtown area which of course uh like like say like new york has like some popular lofts but obviously they're like in the millions of dollars for some really good ones and stuff yeah, like that so yeah. um i don't know in terms well dallas probably has a, a good chunk of stuff but then at the same time you're going to be either in downtown dallas or i guess fort worth if you want to be over there but i mean hey i i, I don't know why I, ha- I like the style of a loft setting in terms of like a modern uh, but of course, if you're trying to have kids and stuff, that's not the place to to have them, right? Yeah. So I um, been looking at some um, been looking at some style of housing because we're kind of in the almost in the market for a house in another year or two. So we're just uh, I'm just kind of looking for like what style that I like, and um, I think for some odd reason I kind of I somewhat like a mid century modern home, but I wouldn't say I want like that to be the main thing as long as it's updated on the inside. I don't want it like old school on the inside. Yeah, nobody but, uh, wants to live in a in a in a haunted house or like a spooky looking house. That's I mean, what it's, I think. it's that '70s look, right? So that's what the mid-century was about. And uh, I think the reason oh, this is I'm also just kind of going into another thing. Uh, a recent show that got recommended to me, which is on Apple TV, is a Severance, and I've been I've been uh, in there, and it it, it kind of gives that '70s setting. So like they have the '70s looking office with like the green carpets and stuff like that, and like the mid-century modern house, which I was like, oh, there it is, and I was trying to show my fiance what a mid-century modern house was because she i remember i just said it to her she was just like i don't know what that is i don't like know all the different styles of housing which is there are a lot of styles of housing out there mind you um so yeah that's just what that's just what's been going on on my end how about you uh not much you know um 
Saturday college football, everybody was having their rivalry games. Uh, Huskies won theirs. Uh, didn't make Huskies it to are the... doing good. I'm, I'm glad for the Huskies. I, I, I don't catch every single game or all of their games on Saturday, but I've been like, I'm that background fan for them. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah they uh michael Penix jr has just been had an unbelievable season and uh i think he's he's not gonna get heisman or anything like that but he's 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 thrown multiple 300 400 yard games and i think last week or saturday i don't have the numbers in front of me he did one of those too but we were tied for um pac-12 championship you know top two teams in the pac-12 playing championship uh i think we we were tied for the second spot but you know tiebreakers came down to strength of schedule which i was like that's just objective and so yeah like the nfl and ncaa how they do stuff is is like nfl kind of seems more like streamlined obviously you only have 32 teams but then like ncaa what do you do with 120 plus teams out there right yeah although they're in different conferences and stuff i think the weird thing is when like it's actually uh, on the NCAA side, you're actually as a team, you would want to score as much points as possible, apparently, because that also affects your ranking as well. So, like, if you are a you know a top ten or a top fifteen team, and you face someone that's um, not ranked, if you beat them by like you know a field goal, you're going twenty, down. right? Yeah, if you, I wouldn't say I, I had. I think there are. I don't have like an example off the top of my head where like, oh yeah, we beat someone by like one to three points, and then that hurt our ranking. But I can see that happening, especially like when, oh, you're supposed to beat them by 35 points. I don't know why you didn't, but yeah. Yeah, so they got some and, weird betting lines for, for for college football games. Like, you know, any game Alabama's playing, some no-name team, the betting line is Alabama by 50. But um, <laughs> it's kind of funny when you think about it. Been watching the World Cup a little bit too when I can. Um, I think the last round of group stage matches finished up today, so... U.S. and England are making it through to the round of 16, so that's always fun. Um, other teams that are probably going through, I, I don't know all of the other teams that, off the top of my head. I know Portugal is going through. I think Germany is knocked out, which is kind of wild. Um, mm-hmm. I think Ghana, well, well, Ghana beat South Korea. I don't know if they made it through. I have not of, kept up with any of that. I think America won. <laughs> yeah, yeah, America, America won, won today. today. They beat uh, Iran. Mm-hmm. Um so I think they took the second spot. So the way the group stages work, you know, there are four teams in every group and top two teams continue on to the round of 16. Did so you, goes did from you see the forward. NFL meme on America winning? I didn't see it. Like, what did it say? The NFL meme page said, like, I've, uh, this is me, like, cheering for the U.S. team after not watching soccer for over eight years, neither <laughs> for over eight years in a row. And then it showed um, um, the head coach for, like, the Giants when he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Brian Dobble was, like, go, like, going off on that one big win. So it's like, man, you Dude, haven't Brian watched Dobble, soccer. They were uh, in that Giants, in the Giants-Cowboys game. I think I, I caught the first quarter. He mm-hmm. was, like, laying into the referee. And I was like, man, I'd be scared to be the referee because Brian Dobble looked like he could murder me and hide the body. <laughs> right, man. He's a, you know, I, I still like, I feel like that's the coach for the uh, for the Cowboys. That's the coach for the Giants um, that they need. I just personally don't think um, their QB, Daniel Jones, is the answer. Um, and we can see that kind of, like, at the end of the day, like, they know how to work with daniel jones but it's like at the end of the day um i don't think it's gonna work out in the long run so yeah. we're starting to talk football should we just go right into seahawks yeah let's talk about because that's the reason why we didn't want to talk about it at first yeah, right football. <laughs> I, 
from now on, football is soccer. I'm I have reversed. <laughs> so now it's or or it's, it's just soccer now because of that whole debate commercial they have going on with. Yeah, that. it was it's funny because like I think U.S. and England played uh, last Thursday, and the memes were basically like, "If U.S. wins, you know, it's called soccer from now." On. <laughs> oh, I'm crying because yeah, of course, us Americans would do that, right? Yeah. Uh, so Seahawks. I think the final score was forty to thirty-four. You sound so excited right now. Yeah, I just want to get this part over with. Uh, man, but uh, 40 to 34, Seahawks lose it in overtime. Um, where do we start? You know, I don't know if you want me to start. Do you want me to do my little deep dive? Or do you, or, uh, by deep dive, I'm only going to just cover like certain plays that were just uh, like, man, there was a, these were good, these were solid, these were bad. But if you want to just do an overall like review of the offense, defense, special teams, we yeah, can let's do, do that let's, too. Um, let's start with offense. Um, what do we see? Fire. 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 Uh, it's, it's fire, but there was a there was like a few big mess ups in like for instance when Geno fumbled the ball to Kenneth on the Kenneth Walker handoff that was like a game changing fumble. Gino did have an interception, but I know he bounced back from that interception. We were still doing good at the time of the, uh, where that happened in the game. Besides that, I know Kenneth Walker only had like a small amount of yards, but when you actually watch the film, he was fighting for those yards, especially how he got those those touchdowns of his. I'm you know I'm still happy that we have him as a rookie running back. Um, I'm glad we drafted him where we did because he's been the truth. Because I don't know because you know Penny's out. <laughs> right because mm-hmm. um, we would have started the year with Penny anyway but like can you picture trying to run the ball with DJ Dallas or Travis Homer no so exactly. what, what would you what would you pin it down to then because um, like I, I agree with you Kenneth Walker you know he's a rookie so how much can you blame him because right. he, like I think there was like I think 14 rushes for 26 yards I think was a stat line right yeah but he got the t- he had two touchdowns so he contributed to the game yeah. overall and so in I, think my the, opinion. I think the 26 yards came on those two touchdown runs and it was like some mm-hmm. ridiculous stat I think because he, uh, he he fought for those touchdowns those were like both 10 yes. plus yard touchdowns I believe yeah he can and... run in traffic and stuff like that and then uh, most of the stuff was happening over in our pass game which pass game is to me was just excellent mm-hmm. well maybe not complete perfection but like Tyler Lockett getting those big catches and you know in a touchdown like DK come on, got can't... really heavily featured this week DK I lo- that's what I'm talking about like just feed DK the ball I don't I'm not sure why it's been kind of on and off with him. I understand where uh, Gino's been like managing the ball across with everyone. So it makes sense when you have a lot of targets, but sometimes you just got to feed the uh, DK Metcalf, man. I think the, so um, the, the stat with the the running game, cause that's a, that's the, like a, every other bit, you know, everything, like you said, was pretty solid. Mm-hmm. The running game, where does it, what does it boil down to? Does it come to run protection or, you know, run blocking? Um, in this case, I mean, you had Max Crosby, which some people don't give him his props, but he's really good at what he does. Um, I didn't see like the full game in terms of like how the running situation looked besides the highlights and all that type of stuff. I can say it just comes down to at the end of the day, you have to also remember we have two rookie tight uh, tackles, no matter how outstanding they're doing. There's, you know, sometimes yeah, those... Abraham Lucas gave up his first sack, which is kind of wild when you, when you think about it, it we're, is 12 weeks. We're, we're 11 games into the season because we had a bye. I feel um, like it's going to happen eventually. Even the best give up yeah, a sack. That's, that's, what, like, I'm, you know, that's what I'm saying is that it's kind of crazy that it took this long for a rookie to give up a tackle. One thing I did notice, though, it, I feel like we've feel like we've moved away a little bit from the 13 personnel, and I don't like it. <laughs> I like our 13 oh, yeah. personnel. 
I don't know either. I do like when they use it. I feel like they only do when like when they're winning so good rather than well right now you have to understand that they they were in a I think they fell behind to the Raiders early in the game so that basically pulled out like the passing game and then of course the that was uh cuz it was four it was what seven we got the first score Raiders got a score and then the Raiders um or no and then I think we got a field goal and stuff like that but then the Raiders came back it was 14 I think 10 and then it was 21 and something at one point so like I know the, the basically the pass game came out and then of yeah. course it was just like score here because of course they're scoring on the ground because Josh Jacobs is the truth for them and then of course we have to catch up right so yeah. it's one of those like if they're running the ball on you it's gonna be a long day and that looked like they were having a long day that transitions into that into the defense pretty well um any pot well you know some po- yeah, quick positives. Pos- I have positives for the defense quick positive quandre had two picks you know yep first get quarter him, get to see him get his hands on the football again mm-hmm. um, that was uh all in the first quarter too that was actually the defense was i would say they're sturdy but then that was if you're looking at highlights when you actually see like where the raiders are were on the field raiders were moving the ball yeah and the picks actually saved off the, the save the defense those two picks in particular yeah, they were they kind of masked the problem, right? Which was it felt like the defense was getting kind of dominated up front. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you know, so, when, when you have Josh Jacobs have three hundred total yards of offense, you know that just that makes you sick to your stomach. But yeah, yeah, that's that's um, usually who it, who it comes down to if it's a guy like Josh Jacobs. Because I think um, you have the actual yardage, or you actually you have the actual stats. I think, but Devontae Adams had seventy four yards receiving. He had um, yeah, Devontae Adams had seven receptions for seventy four. So that's about like a good ten point what four yards or something like that per catch, basically. So he was basically always getting them like it in a sense. Like if you broke it down, he always guaranteed them a first down with every catch. <laughs> and and you know with for for Devontae, a guy like Devontae Adams, I don't think he had any touchdowns. They kept him in check, you know, in terms of that that is keeping Devontae Adams in check. There's a reason why he only had 74 yards though, and that's Josh Jacobs, man. Yeah, Josh Jacobs took over. <laughs> Cuz Josh Jacobs also I thought he yeah, he also got a reception. He got cuz Josh Jacobs, he had six receptions for 74 yards. Yeah. That's how he so, got 300 total yards and I think two touchdowns, right? Yeah, two touchdowns on the ground, so 33 carries for 229 yards with his longest being the 86-yard run in overtime, I believe. And, you know, that 86-yard run, you know, um, people are kind of correlating it, but not, you know, saying it's correlated but not causal, that Ryan Neal got banged up on that drive before, and he was out, and Josh Jones came in. Josh Jones got his hands on Josh Jacobs, and Josh Josh Jacobs just shrugged him off. I mean, at the same time, you can't really. I'm, I'm not gonna say, you know, can't really it, point it down Josh to one Jones, player, right? But... Josh Jones, that was the backup, correct? Yeah. So you can't really pull it, put it fully on Josh Jones. I know some people are like, yeah, he was a a terrible backup, but at the same time, it's like if you're gonna blame what happened on the last second in the overtime setting, yeah. we got to talk about what happened in the game because there was times where the Seahawks could have put it away, but they couldn't finish dry. Like the offense couldn't start stop. Look, the office kind of came up cold in like the fourth quarter towards the late. We got we got to talk about one play in that in that that kind of shifted the momentum for it yeah. for me was that the um, towards the end of the game you know I think Kobe Bryant forced a fumble on Josh Jacobs and they they didn't review it like he was bent over backwards you know he was still technically a live run, runner but mm-hmm. they whistled him down before the ball came out and they didn't even give it a review I don't think or I don't think they gave it a review if they gave it half the time they gave. The review for DK Metcalf's uh, incomplete pass, because um, that review took like five minutes. It was like a yeah. ridiculously 
one. Yeah, DK Metcalf. Oh my god, don't get me started. Cause that look, I thought he caught it, and they were like, "Oh, that might have." Because like the back he, he of the ball. It when he when he well, it, he had his arms underneath, so mm-hmm. we what you can't tell is what happened to the back of the ball that tucked towards his stomach. It, it to them from the front, it looked like it it hit the ground or something. So the, mm-hmm. I think from my, what my understanding was is that they say he didn't complete the catch because when he when he flipped around, like the ball was still bobbling. And so by the time he gained control, he was already out of bounds. Kind I still of. call it BS, but like that, I mean, I call the bullshit that, that, that Josh Jacobs that, or, you know, that fumble that was ruled or mm-hmm. that play wasn't reviewed, you know, just the, 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 the lack of a review because everybody like, I mean, obviously it's a home game for Seahawks. So everybody's going to be like, that's a fumble. That's a fumble. But mm-hmm. when you look at the replay, like he was still a live runner, you know, he didn't, none of his, none of his body actually touched the ground like yeah, was- other, besides his feet. And it's definitely that play as well as the play with DK Metcalf because that DK Metcalf would have had him a first down and they would have had a new set of downs, but instead they got a third, like a like third a and third ten, and long or yeah. fourth. It was either fourth or a third and long. Either way, that that like stifled like the offense, which like all I think they in that I think do we start with the ball or was that uh I think. I yeah, we, we started, started with the ball. The second half. We started with it, then they got it, and then we actually got the ball back, but then the offense couldn't complete it for a field goal. Or yeah. they didn't get even get close to a field goal. Like, they had to kick the ball. Yeah, and, and I mean, like, we're splitting mm-hmm. hairs at this point. You know, that doesn't stop the defense from giving up 600 yards. You know, that's like... 576, you know. 576. Accurate. Um, close to 600, you know. You are right, because the total number of... Man, like, get this. Total yards for Las Vegas was five seventy six. Total yards for Seahawks three seventy two. How many of the? How much of that was passing? Um, three hundred and twenty eight. <laughs> yeah, and I think I think the uh, Travis Homer had a couple rushes, and that's probably what brought them up a little bit, or maybe Geno. Well, Travis Homer had a he had a reception touchdown for one. Yeah. Um. So he looked solid. That was in the fourth quarter. Um. Gino looked really good when passing the ball to DK. DK had the truck stick in the first quarter. That's kind of like some stuff I noticed. Like, oh, that was a good. Like, I'm, I'm telling you, just give DK the ball and just let him go crazy for a game. Give him those hundred plus games for like you know one or two touchdowns. Um, of course, that first quarter was like all the excitement, and then slowly over time, especially from oh man, the second quarter too. The Raiders had that flea flicker. That like threw the whole defense off, and I yeah. think it was Hollins went in for a touchdown, if if not another receiver or tight end. My God, like that was just like wow. That was, they, I think that was inexperience kind of showing itself, right? Um, I wouldn't say that because even the safeties bit on it too, and your safeties are not young. Yeah, Quandre, Quandre yeah. especially because guess who was running the ball? It was a Josh Jacobs play. It was a Josh Jacobs was in there, and it was a play action, and Josh Jacobs was running the ball on them, so it yeah. set it up perfectly. That's that's the play call that you know. That's why that's why teams need to establish the run right because it opens up the playbook. Yep, and you can do the play action is like your bread, like the play action man, because that gave me like a uh, like a Russ, Russell Wilson like the good old school Russell Wilson play action. It's not a deep ball, but it was just like everyone bit on the run, yeah. everyone bit, and it was too late because that man was just wide open and just ran for a touchdown. And of course, the second quarter is where Geno had an interception, but again, it was early. They recovered. I think by the um, end of the second quarter, I think we were tied, right? So yeah, and jo- that's when Josh Eagles was getting hot, too. He was making yeah. those plays. He broke t- – oh, it was a power toss play, and he broke like four or five tackles. He went all the way for a touchdown. That was the second quarter. Yeah. <laughs> so – Tackling continues yeah. to be kind of a, a, a theme. Um, has anyone seen – like, I know Quandre had two picks, but just he's just kind of lost that step. 
It hasn't I don't been. think Quandre is a, uh, you have to understand what he is. I think he's still a good solid coverage. I don't think you need to replace him yet. Um, and of course he's still a good hit stick safety too. I wouldn't say as maybe as good as like Jamal Adams, but you know, he's the one that if you catch the ball, he's going to try to fly. Like I yeah, haven't seen one where he missed fling himself at you. Yeah. He'll fling his whole body at you, which I mean, that causes injuries in its own right. But I think he's still good in that sense, but you have to also understand that run game killed everyone. Man. Yeah. And, the defense, gonna, yeah. well, you had the exact time of possession stats, right? Yeah. And what was it? It was. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, so Seahawks had 28 minutes and five seconds, um, and the Las Vegas had 37 minutes and 35 seconds. Well, 37 minutes, you know. There's, yeah. there's almost a 10 minute difference, especially when you run the ball and stuff like that. That's going to contribute to it. You control oh, yeah. the game. That's like a well, 10 minutes of possession is like an extra drive or two, right? Mm-hmm. And man, it's just it's it's tough because. Uh, Actually, by the second quarter, um, we were actually not tied. We were actually losing 24 to 20. And then we got a field goal in the third quarter. Or no, excuse me. we They got a field goal in the third quarter. We got a touchdown. We actually had touchdowns all the way through. But we, man, those, that third and fourth quarter, just that play. They, they had a good second. Uh, Las Vegas Raiders had a good second half. So whatever they talked about during halftime, they got it together. And they came away with that win. Um because well, we came we came out of the half too with the uh, at least our offense we scored right away is just our Tyler Lockett did. had a solid touchdown. He broke off of coverage, caught it, and just walked in the end zone. He even had some really good catches. Again, Tyler Lockett. And I even seen someone tweet about like his best touchdowns because he's literally like he's another Doug Baldwin. Like he's an overlooked re- elite receiver. Oh yeah, elite is a is a key word there. I think elite and underrated. Oh, oh, yeah, elite underrated receiver. Like because I think I, I remember I think it was RG three that tweeted out, and I think I retweeted it. RG three did, but this is like another tweet where I saw someone actually had like all of. They said this is like how I would rank all of Tyler Lockett's touchdowns. But man, Tyler Lockett, he was getting the ball. He was actually. I think he made Russell Wilson look better than he than he was him and yeah. Doug I mean, Baldwin. I mean, the Russell Wilson Tyler Lockett was that was the it, yeah that was like his deep target, and now um. I'm not saying Tyler Lockett can't still be a deep threat, but with age comes your, and this is for everyone. You're going to lose a little bit of your step. So he's I, more of that up. I wholeheartedly he's, support his mission to never take and tackle though. Yeah. That, that is, he is going to lengthen his career substantially. He hasn't taken a lot of injuries up to this point. Yeah. I mean, he, 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 he broke his like leg. Fitzgerald, I mean, that's right? a serious he's injury. Trying but to like, basically be like Fitzgerald, right? Yeah. And Fitzgerald, I mean, like Fitzgerald had a long career and yeah, really he was, career, you know, universally recognized for how solid he was you know I he had a Tyler weird way of retiring though so he didn't really announce an official retirement that i didn't see yeah. but i just saw that like he was just on a talk show he's like i might come back i might who not who knows and then yeah. it just it just ended like he just didn't come back so I was like, oh i guess he retired that's basically how that's like the most larry fitzgerald way right he's just such an underspoken guy and a guy like back in the day when uh everybody like richard sherman's and you're you know like when they were all hyped up trash talking and all that Never, mm-hmm. never said a bad word about Larry Fitzgerald because of the amount of respect that you know everybody in the league has for him. Yeah. Um. Some other stuff I guess the defense couldn't do was stop Josh Jacobs on fourth down. Like we held him down on a third. We did. Get- hey, Cody Barton. I, I, you know, I, I'm hard on. I him. saw like, that play but that came later. The yeah, one I'm talking about was in the I believe it was a third quarter, and that's when we actually stopped him on third down. Then they were just like, you know what, we're gonna run the ball Again. on fourth. Yeah. It was like fourth and three or something like that, and then like Josh. I think Andre missed a tackle outside. on the edge. I think that's what it came down, or maybe it was Tariq Willen that missed a tackle. It on was the edge. yeah, it was a, a corner at that point in time. But man, it was um, 
they their fourth down efficiency was really good. They had one of two. We didn't really go for any, but like yeah. third down efficiency was. Eh. I mean, ours we only had three for nine. They had eight for fourteen. Yeah. So like it's they had a lot of rushing. They had a lot of first downs too. Like passing, we had one more than they did with fifteen to fourteen rushing first downs. Though they had thirteen to our six. I'm actually surprised we have six rushing first downs. <laughs> you know, you look at those numbers that we, we put up. I think one of them was on like one of them was like one or two of them was definitely a QB scramble. Yeah. Um, the others was just whatever you can kind of get. So it's like, especially like Kenneth Walker, that's when he in the third quarter, he had a second touchdown where he was goal line and he ran and then he got caught up in the tackle and then the O line came in and pushed him all the way in for like it was like a five yard push. So yeah. I love plays like that, but at the same time. We will have to say the run game was kind of inefficient, but Geno Smith made up for that in the passing yards with 328 yards and two touchdowns. The only thing is, you know, at some point, someone's going to outscore someone else, and it happened to be the Raiders because they had a good running game, and you can only do so much, man. I know, like, the Geno Smith started getting sacked and all that type of stuff towards the end, especially in overtime. So, yeah, you can't really do much else with that. Uh, special teams? Anything to note on special I got teams? Nothing on, I have nothing on that. We made the field goals where we made the field goals. Um, I haven't seen any big mess ups on like the kickoffs. So yeah, I think it was pretty, pretty standard. We didn't. We. Uh, I don't think there was any. I think there was an, an opportunity for like recovering a muff punt, but I don't think where anybody was in the vicinity. But overall, you know, our return game I think is lacking. But in terms of, you know, on the other side, you know, punting, punting, and you know, kicking coverage. Mm-hmm. I think we're, mm-hmm. we're, we we were doing all right. Um, do you, did we talk a lot about already about like bits and pieces of the game? Is there any other bits and pieces you want to talk about? You wanted to dive deeper into or? Um, I think I kind of had my little nick pit, uh, like nitpicks right there. But I mean, I have my like I have a beautiful set of notes. Just like <laughs> I wish you all can see it. It's color coordinated. <laughs> right. Or color coded. Um, sorry. <laughs> yeah, Travis Homer was pretty effective. Um, over DJ Dallas again. He had an illness. Throughout, well, I don't know if I said this, but he had a, DJ Dallas had an illness that he was out pretty much the whole week, and he basically got into play for some snaps. But they basically put Travis Homer in, um, sat him out. Well, I'm not sure if he was on. I, again, I've only seen the highlights because they don't really show the games down here unless I have to go and find it myself. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, because I was this is when I was doing all, like around this time I was doing all the Christmas shopping, <laughs> <laughs> so. I at least got updates on the score and stuff, but uh, Travis Homer was effective. He had a nice reception touchdown. So like in terms of like use, like usage and stuff like that, I can see Travis Homer edging out DJ Dallas and stuff like that. And in that regard, Devontae Adams, he always reminds us that he's an elite receiver when in the fourth quarter, late in the fourth quarter, it was like three or four, no, five or four minutes left. He had that insane catch, didn't he? Yep. I call it the arm because some people are going to say one hand, but he got that arm. Like he, he basically flexed his arm. Grab it. It's like a headlock. It down. He put that ball yeah. in a headlock and brought put it down. the ball in a headlock. Because again, Devontae Adams, you cannot. I don't. He may not be having his 100 plus games like he would with Aaron Rodgers, but don't disrespect that man. Yeah, I mean the game script didn't call for it, right? Right. And it, granted, though, here's my thing. I don't know. I don't understand why we had a. Because who was covering him throughout the game? Mike Tyson. Or, that, or not Mike Tyson. Mike Jackson. Sorry. Yeah. Mike why Tyson was Mike Jackson Tyson. alone and had no safety help with that? Your guess is as good as mine, man. Why it just seems double? like it, it just seems like there's a lack of cohesion between all between all phases of our defense. You have to also understand when you have such a good run game, you have to you have to put you have to create a you box to too. Right? Yeah. So and by that point in the game, I know like Josh Jacobs was like, if it was Madden, he would have had like his you know uh, 
a super X star factor kind of thing going on. It's like, oh, we got to keep the box, but it's like, oh, one on one with Devontae Adams. <laughs> good luck. Yeah, good he luck. brought that ball down. Um, oh, one thing we didn't talk about: tight ends. Tight ends have been like Noah Fant did a really good job in that game with some of the catches he made. Oh yeah, and they will always show. I'm, I don't want to call them the safety blankets because I feel like it does a disservice to like what I'm seeing with our tight ends. But Noah Fant is that tight end I believe we were looking for. Um, Disley is like a good second. He's still solid. And then, of course, Parkinson's is that third tight end. Of course, I know you want to see. That's why I, know I like you that 13 see... personnel, man. They're all, all three. I, see, I was just about to say you want that 13 personnel on the I, field yeah. because put them all three on the field and then maybe throw to one of them or just run the ball. You, right? you, you bring up a good point. And, you know, the term safety blanket kind of does them a disservice because they're full on weapons in this offense. Like, you got to treat them as such. They're not, they're not last resorts. That's what kind of safety blanket kind of the, mm-hmm. the connotation a lot of people give or get when when you give them that title like oh they're the last resort like oh i needed i you know i I, I, maybe dk or tyler were locked up or something but right um and at the end of the day i think when it comes up to like off season and stuff like that you know coming up because right now um just for everyone out there i pretty much see this season as just like i want to see what i'm getting out of my my seahawks right if we're doing if we're successful that's like a plus plus if not a plus right if we have some bad days or bad games, it I, I already knew it was going to happen. I'm just glad of where we are to this day. Like, I will give them, like, a B-plus so far in terms of how the season went. Um, I know the defense was still going to be an issue because at the end of the day, everyone has to remember that we are running a 3-4 defense with 4-3 personnel. And there is a difference between a 4-3 D-tackle and a 3-4 D-tackle as well. Although, Al Woods, who is our nose tackle, he is, like, a true nose tackle for sure but we don't have any more nose tackles past that we have a lot of four three Um, i know there's we we do run a multiple defense here and there but um i am still going to give clint hurt his props as a defensive coordinator because he's working with what he has and you know we people thought that we were going to probably be like i don't know as bad as the houston texans but like at least a four or three win team right now right so again i think there's still some learning that we can do but of course the offseason we're gonna have a like a buttload of picks we're, I think we're going to also have a good amount of money for free agency as well. Don't know how we're going to go about that. And finally, I just think that, especially, you know, it kind of leads into, because there's not much else to say about the game um, besides like, man, you got outplayed and I can even kind of see, it's mostly outplayed if not outcoached because the Raiders just said, let's just run the ball and they, st- they stuck with it. And when you run the ball, do whatever you want if you control the game with it. So yeah. they say like the best defense is a good run game, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, speaking of offseason, so I, th- this is just a... Uh, actually, no. I do have a fun fact about this game. So yeah, welcome to Adam's after, fun after you fact bring that corner. up, let's talk about our matchup next week with the Rams, and then we can go into like, uh, offseason looks. Of course. Um, so, fun fact about this game. I love Adam's kind of, fun facts. <laughs> welcome to Fun Fact Corner with Adam. So, <laughs> it sounded like you said uh, Fun Fat Corner. <laughs> fun Fact. Fact. Oh, my gosh. But uh, uh, let me see. Oh, yeah. So fun fact about this game. Josh Jacobs had a total of 303 offensive yards total, which is crazy. But he also did this on the 35th anniversary of the Bo Bo Jackson running 221 yards on the same team. Yep. Seahawks basically made him look like Bo Jackson. 
look better than Bo Jackson in that case. But I know Bo Jackson is a Bo Jackson played there in a different time too. If you scaled him up, if if you inflation adjusted Bo Jackson, no way. Yeah, no, no, no. no. I put Josh Jacobs with Bo Jackson. Yeah, Bo (laughs) Jackson. I've seen those play. I mean, he had such a short career because he was running so hard that it was due to him running so hard. He literally injured himself when someone pulled his leg. Yeah. So that's how strong and powerful Bo Jackson was, and. Because Bojack, that was a different time. They that's when they were just literally like we're running the ball, and they know you're running the ball, and he still got all those like those tough yards. So anywho, you know that's a fun fact. Um, you want to go into next week's game then? Yeah, we got the Rams coming up. You know, uh, Rams for the most part, I think, have written off their season. I think they're just completely injury riddled, depleted everywhere. They um, are. Doesn't mean we should discount them because you know it's a, a division matchup. Anything can happen. Um, mm-hmm. What are you what are you looking at when you see this matchup with the Rams? Um, injuries is a thing, you know. I'll go into the little bit of an injury bug just for this team specifically. They had Allen Allen Robinson's out for the remainder of the season. Aaron Donald has a high ankle sprain, and usually you don't just come to the next game with that same high ankle sprain. I'm not sure if he's going to be out for the season or not, but it is a blow to the team. Their season is technically over. Let's just be honest, but. I don't want to lose to the Rams, but like even I don't still, want to lose to the Raiders. <laughs> you know that's that's just how it is. Right? I, anybody I told, anybody I, could win. I I did not. I I said it last week on last episode with the Raiders. I said it like you have to stop Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams. If you don't stop either one, it's going to be like we're going to lose the game, and we could not stop Josh Jacobs <laughs> that yeah. whole game, right? So. I don't care if they were three and seven. Now they're four and seven and they potentially can come back for every team right now has a chance to come back for almost, almost every team has a chance to come back and make a playoff run. But you have, you know, of course you have to win the games back to back. Mm -hmm. So with the Rams, I'm not going to look down on them, but I feel like Seahawks with how our offense is now, I think we can get them. It's just, uh, we need to stop them. It's like the mistakes. We got to clean up the mistakes and our defense needs to play good. We need to control Cam Akers. True, and I think um, Matthew Stafford isn't out, but I know he's banged up for sure. He's in concussion protocol. That's like a a topic. I don't know what the. uh, I think we talked about it last week, and um, like the he he went he he came out of concussion protocol, and then now he's back in concussion protocol, and now like the NFLPA is like investigating like should he have been put back in a should he have been taken off of concussion protocol or there was some funny business there. Mm-hmm. Um, but right now, I think it's still concussion, right? I don't remember his injury um, exactly. It says like about three days ago from NFL.com, they said it's um, improving. Um, but at the same time, give me one second here. I'm just looking at something because I know the next game is obviously with us. I feel, oh, there's nothing here. Okay. I did see that um, there is an article out that came on the 27th saying he could miss the rest of the season. Um, he missed because, of course, he missed the games with the Chiefs, but it was a, with a strained neck injury. That's a, not just, that, don't mess with that. Yeah, you know, those neck injuries can can get people. Um, and, I'm you not know, sure. and, to, and to add on, you know, Cooper Cup is still injured. So, yeah, so like their offense is depleted, but I don't know if our defense will make it look good because I don't know where our defense is going to be. Um, I'm I'm, I'm, hoping sure. they, I'm, I'm hoping they have like another one of those locker room talks and get themselves back in motion because coming off a of bye week and giving that up, that's a stinker. That, you got to take that personally if you're a, if I was a defensive player. Oh yeah, yeah. especially if I was a defensive it. coordinator, take put some pride in that one because man, that you had one player have 303 yards on you, total yards, just you one play. You didn't you didn't gameplay adjust in game for that, like. 
I mean, what could they couldn't do it, man? That personnel. I mean, of course, this kind of brings in the question of like what we need to do in the off season, which is get some defensive players. So yeah. Uh, besides that, uh, uh, I I feel like we can. Ed- I, Seahawks have the edge with the Rams. I think we can beat them as long as we don't shoot ourselves in the foot. Yeah, that's a that's a good summary of it. You know, control Cam Akers, and you you can you can own that game. Yeah, and I think injury wise, I know Daryl Johnson, who uh, he's just a linebacker on our team. He's he's been in the league for four years. He's out for the season with the surgery. Um, not Ryan Neal got banged up. We I know you talked about that, but. Um, Josh Jones is going to probably, well, Ryan Neal got banged up, but it looks good. So like his shoulder, he, they talked about his elbow and his shoulder. So right now he has a bruised elbow and I think everyone's had a bruised elbow before knows how those injuries work. It depends on how you feel and all that good stuff, or you're going to be playing kind of limited in how you tackle and stuff like that. I think he'll, he'll be back for the next game. Although they did talk about his shoulder getting banged up too on the, in the last half of the game, but we'll see how it doesn't seem like he's going to be out. They'll probably limit his practice to see where he goes and, probably be questionable for next week because oh my gosh you're gonna have josh jones out there right yeah and so. that josh jones just to just to remind everyone you know when our defense was all-time bad these first four games it was because ryan neal was out or one i shouldn't say squarely but you know ryan neal was out during that time and josh jones was in and you know it was just an absolute it was an absolute shit show to put it politely and yeah. so you know in terms of his individual performance and you know obviously the the team is a is a unit but you know you don't want a weak link like that in there. Yeah, and um, we'll see how that goes. I, we technically speaking, Ryan Neal is the backup uh, strong safety. So if he's out, we'll be on our third strong safety um, because I know we're not doing the the three safety package anymore because that's only we can only do that if we have Jamal Adams and he he was out after the first game. So <laughs> wasn't even he didn't make it through the full first half I think. Yeah, man. Um. Man, it's almost like you know he threw his like he messed himself up just with how he plays and stuff because he is like a missile shooting out trying to like hit people, man. And the amount of surgeries he's had, like, it's 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 adding up. You hate to see it. But yeah, let's talk more about off season. So we got um, off season looks. You were ta- you started talking a little bit about you know what we should be looking for in the draft. Um, yeah, want to go into a little bit about that? Yeah. So currently. Um... The pick right now um, from the Broncos is at number three. I let's think that's ride. post. Yeah, let's ride, right? We'll, we'll get. We'll talk about the Broncos too because they are imploding over there. So I think that's the highest their pick can go. But the fact that we have a top three pick that um, changes things, right? It does. I would say there's three options for us. We either because that this is the draft capital I was talking about. Where if we have the draft cap draft capital. We should go for a QB. I'm not going to say that QB is going to start. I understand that you'll have the QB controversy popping up if you do draft a QB. So, you know, every, if, you know, with that pick. So I, uh, I was watching even the whole Ohio State game, you know, trying to look at that QB over there. Everyone knows that one, you know, Alabama QB and things of that nature. We, we have like a list of QBs that, um, which we can go on uh, maybe not this week, but probably next week for sure. As we get closer to the late uh, end of the season, we'll talk about like, especially when we solidify that position of the pick. But if we're high enough, I would at least, I would just say at least 
consider at least scouting and seeing if you want a QB to be behind Geno Smith because I don't trust Ju- uh, Drew Locke to be a surprise like Geno Smith. I don't think we can keep getting the lightning in the bottle every time with like the QBs and stuff like that, in my opinion. But that's if you, that's why I say at least consider looking at a QB. So that's option one. Option two, you go best player available. So I've been talking around to some people outside and just looking at mock drafts and stuff like that so far. If we're that high, I would consider going after the uh, either the Alabama or the Georgia de- uh, defensive tackles. I think we need some because we have a we have a history in Seahawks of like not really drafting D tackles or even the D line. Most of the, I know we over the past years we've had some flops and stuff, but we've always been like free agency pickups and stuff like that. And they turn out to be some stars and stuff like Bennett and all of them back in the day. So I think we need, should consider getting a D tackle for that high. Uh, you need that or, foundation, right? Mm-hmm, you definitely need the foundation, like how they got uh, Eagles got Jordan Davis and stuff like that from Georgia. I'm, I'm really thinking like we, if we have that on the D line, then we can potentially like mess up like, Oh my gosh, a disruptive deep tackle at that. And even playing nose tackle. Just man, that's the second option in our, in our discord, you know, we, you brought up a good point, which was, you know, we have invested a lot of capital in edge players, young edge players. Mm -hmm. Um, you, you having that interior defensive lineman is, is absolutely crucial for their development, you know, because those guys, they, they, they're still moldable. You know, we, we talk a lot about personnel. Um, they haven't been coached into a certain type of scheme. Yes. They have Mm -hmm. attributes that excel in certain schemes. Um, but they can still they can still be coached into a you know, serviceable edge player, if not very good to elite, right? Like Taylor, I mean, he can play any kind of thing and look. He can play any um, scheme almost with in terms of what the Seahawks have done and you know be successful. He's just been out with the hip injury for a little bit. Hey, um, that didn't stop him from coming out and being the twelfth man on that pick, though. He's the <laughs> we, tr- hey, we forgot he, about he embodies, that. Yeah, he embodies the twelfth man because I, I did see that we had twelve people. He was out there and it did not get called. They even like NFL memes like on their Instagram was talking about it. People were like, "Did they get called for this?" They were like, "Nope, nope." <laughs> <laughs> they were living up to the twelfth man, and like the refs were like, "Is that a twelfth man right there?" I see what they did there. I thought I think Darrell Taylor thought that uh, Quandre Diggs was was down so that he was coming to celebrate with the team so i think that's why he ran out there and then as soon as he saw and then he tried, to, ta- happening, he he also tried, tried to tackle too <laughs> he also tried to tackle too man oh my gosh that was he, they got he's gonna get an earful in the lock in uh in uh his monday morning meeting so oh man yeah for sure um so yeah and then i think the third option for if we have the number three over let's say a top i'll say if it's a top five pick so again let me just go over that again first Consider a QB and look at the top QB prospects if we're in the top five. Second, go best player available. And I would probably say more than likely like a D tackle because as you can see, we basically need to bring some new lifeblood into the defense. Um, We definitely need another linebacker because I don't think we're going to keep Cody Barton unless we bring him back for cheap. So, but I don't think you, if you're in the top five, you don't go that high for a linebacker unless no. you think that linebacker is like the truth or something like that. The other so, position we were talking about too was interior offensive lineman, right? Yeah, um, but that to me feels like we can get something. It's either a very like our late. I would say that we can do that with our late first round pick or a high second. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or a high second, right? Because we still got the high second from. Yeah, we Broncos. forget about that second round pick, which is the Broncos are losing their way into that second round pick to being almost a first rounder at that point. I mean, I would just say that if we can at least, like, for instance, 
I wish we can get Noah Sewell from uh, Oregon as a linebacker. I don't know how high uh, he is um, rated to go in terms of mock drafts and stuff like that. But with a high second round and a nice and like a, I don't know where our our late first round is going to be. I feel like with either the late first round or the high second, we can potentially get him unless someone like you know snipes him from us, right? Mm-hmm. So I would love to get him, right? Man, I wish we had you know him. Oh my gosh, we just had if we had uh, Noah on the team, my God, that would just be we'll have like a the I feel like we'll have a good solid linebacking core because he's a good run because Noah's a good run I you know at least a pretty good run uh run stopper linebacker and stuff he has the athleticism to go along with it too basically so um either way that's why I'm saying like with best player available so take that top five pick you can do best player available and then finally third option would be to trade down how far that's up to that depends on who wants that very high top five pick and how much they're going to give it could be for I don't think we maybe get something well obviously you need to get like their first take their first in that same draft. But besides that, maybe give some picks for next season, another first rounder and stuff like that. But that's like three options to us right now. But with that high of a pick, I don't think you're ever going to see, well, I'm not saying it'll never happen, but how often are you going to see the Seahawks have a top five pick? Yeah. But you know, in terms of what the Seahawks will do, I think more than likely if we're, if we're using previous experience, if an opportunity to trade that pick, you know, down, comes up maybe like a few slots and they have the ability to still get the guy on the board that they want to get, you know, they're not going to hesitate to execute that trade. I mean, yeah. My only thing with that is, is just, um, man, uh, if you can get a D tackle. Yeah. Like, actually let's Jordan. use, let's, let's use the D tackle example, right? Cause you know, what mm-hmm. have we seen historically recently is that teams are taking quarterbacks first three picks almost every year. It feels like, I mean, you have your exceptions with in years where you have like your Miles Garretts and that those type of players that come out mm-hmm. and are de facto number one overall picks. Um, but you you know, if a team maybe Seahawks evaluate themselves, say you know maybe we're not we can ride out Geno for a year or two. Um, if they if they're in if they see it as that, then they might you know moot trade with a team that is extremely quarterback hungry. I mean, the the Saints don't really have a first round pick to trade because they traded it to um, the, the, the Eagles so that they can draft Chris Olave. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, teams that are willing to overpay for a quarterback, they're out there. You have your lions, you have your, um, the lions don't forget have the Rams first round pick, which is I think currently higher than the Rams actual or than the lions actual pick. You have your Panthers who, Oh, uh, actually no Panthers. Who did the Panthers draft? What? Didn't they draft someone? For... Now they, well, they got Baker Mayfield at quarterback uh, yeah. this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, maybe they're in the in the looks. You know, there are teams out there that are willing to overpay for a quarterback. Texans might be on the on the on the on the market for another quarterback too, because it doesn't seem like a Davis Mills situation. So you're in this situation where you have a lot of teams willing to extremely overpay just to move up. I mean, Niners did it to draft Trey Lance, and I know that's the I, I use that example a lot when we talk. But mm-hmm. they got an absolute. They, they set up that franchise for a long term success with the with that one trade because that one trade turned into Bradley Chubb, uh, Jalen Waddle, and Tyreek Hill. Mm-hmm. You know that you're setting your franchise up for a long term success. I mean, I know the the desire for all of us fans is always to have immediate gratification. Um, you know, we kind of got that with Kenneth Walker when he kind of broke out on the scene. Everybody kind of clamored for him, right? 
you know, everybody loves that story when, when a guy comes in and it makes an immediate impact, you know, our, our rookie tackles too. I mean, mm -hmm. that's the defining, that's a defining motive for this season is that how much of these impact, how much of an impact these players have when they came in. So if he, if, if we have the opportunity to um, win forever, I don't, I don't see the, the Seahawks hesitating and still getting that guy. I still, I, I'm in the camp that rather than just trading down, I think we should take where our picks are at and actually pick stuff at there because with this draft capital, I don't want us to just, Ooh, let's keep draft. Let's keep trading down because I don't think we're that successful of a team to warrant getting ourselves out of a top five pick, especially when we have a chance to either get a QB to put behind Gino or to go get, I think like the trendy pick right now is, yeah, here it is. So Jalen Carter, D lineman from Georgia, if we can, I'm just, I'm telling you, man, if we can get him on the D line, I think it's about, because right now we, we need to retool the defense. You know yeah. that better than anyone. And we can't just keep doing free agency, like, ooh, Band-Aid here and there. Like we need new blood in, or young blood in the D line for sure. And, and getting Jalen Carter would be really good from Georgia. And I think currently right now it says like we're either number three or number four. So basically we're, we're still in the top five uh, con, uh, contention right now. Some people are saying we should go out for Bryce Young. Some people say we should go uh, Bryce Young, quarterback from Alabama. Some people are saying we should go after C.J. Stroud from Ohio. So I think either or will be good for the organization as well. But of course, they're going to be behind Geno Smith because I know he's going to get a he's going to get a contract. How much is either a two or three year deal? I don't think it's going to be a five to seven. It's not that good because, sure, we're being very successful with Geno. And I'm not putting this against Geno. Because I'm glad he's having a season, but at the same time, teams are gonna figure quarterbacks out. It may not be this season, but it will definitely be. We're gonna have a different outlook next season. I'm not saying you know Geno's uh, Geno's like play is gonna like just go down due to age. I'm not saying that. It's just teams defenses have to. Out, yeah, defenses find stuff out uh, more so than what we see on TV. So because it's their job. So <laughs> again, I rather at least put. If we can use that top five pick to either put to the future for a quarterback, let them sit for maybe a year or two um, and see how things go. Because I, don't, I'm, I, I, I can't rely on Drew Locke. I, haven't, I don't have enough confidence in Drew Locke to be, I get it, we have a chance to have like two solid quarterbacks and then we can just hold those quarterbacks. But that's why the, that's the first option. But if we can go for uh, Jalen Carter, cool. I'm not really for the let's keep trading down like i feel this is a this is a draft where we just we're not in this position to trade down we don't have a russell wilson at quarterback at the time when we were very successful and stuff because i don't want us to get back into that uh cadence of we got like a 20 something pick let's trade down because we're good we actually need to do something with these picks and currently our other pick looks like it's a pick 16 so that's almost a top 15 pick right there and um, this is just from C, uh, this is just an NFL mock draft I'm seeing from, uh, the mock draft database, NFL mock draft database. They saying Trenton Simpson, the linebacker from Clemson, which I know we need a linebacker. So basically go D line and linebacker. You're weak inside linebacker defense. or edge? Uh, it's linebacker. That's all it says. Yeah. Well, generically, but if, if he can be an edge, cool. If not, you know, he'll be, he'll, he'll be paired well. you right. Okay. So we, cause, cause Cody Barton is not the truth. You know, that's a. As well as as well as Cody Barton is playing, he's not like uh you know our friend another not I wouldn't say franchise but I wouldn't say he's like a solid starter for us. We we, we don't even I mean he he's good he he has improved a lot from uh, the beginning of the season. 
Mm-hmm. He is not in the same breath as Jordan Brooks, still, in my opinion. Right. And that's the difference, Jordan, right? Yeah, because you have Jordan Brooks alongside either Trenton Simpson or Noah Sewell. You're going to have a good linebacking core. Because here's the thing. One of the issues that we're also having is we cannot rely on Jordan Brooks to do everything. I'm not. He's, he's leading the team in tackles, man. But how long can you keep that's it a, up? That's a you know that's a a middle linebacker. If you have a franchise middle linebacker, he will lead the team in tackles. But even when we had Bobby Wagner, Bobby Wagner didn't save us in every single game that we lost. Or you know, from, yeah. he didn't save us as much as you think he did. He just had a lot of tackles because where's the D line? Where's the you know? Because he's the second line. He has to. Someone's got to get the tack, uh, tackle on the linebackers, and Bobby Wagner was the one. Because mm-hmm. Bobby Wagner, Jordan Brooks on the field was. Oh, just amazing but we need two not one so especially when you have all your d-line taking up all the gaps and you need someone to like find where that running back is and and basically go and tackle because it didn't happen with josh jacobs so i think we should go either like a d-line linebacker combo or qb and whatever it's going to more likely be like a linebacker and stuff because some people are saying we should get will levis the quarterback i think that's from kentucky i believe so um, let me do a double check here. Yeah, yeah. Will Levis, the senior from the the senior from uh, Kentucky. I just don't. I feel like when we get to that sixteenth pick, I'm, I know I won't. You know, I won't t- dig too much into this. We'll definitely have an episode where we kind of like let's go into where the pick should be, especially how the season, the college season goes. But yeah, I, I really would like if we went D line, we get you know we we go with uh, Jalen Carter. And then we get a linebacker in the first round. I'd be, I'd be content with, with that. I am perfectly content. We can go and we'll see what happens in terms of like, and then and then depending on how quarterbacks, because you know how you think all the quarterbacks, all quarterbacks are going to go like in the first top ten. Maybe a quarterback falls far enough. We have a two second round picks. We could potentially pick up the leftover QBs and develop. I get it. You know, unfortunately, we're not going to have a Russell Wilson or a Tom Brady where you can pick someone in the fourth or fifth round and they just become franchise quarterbacks. That's not going to happen. That that doesn't as happen often as, as often think. as people. Yeah, I mean, you have yeah. Dak, you have Dak, Russ, and Kirk Cousins, Tom Brady. Those are your kind of stereotypical examples. But a lot right. of you guys that are out there in the first round, right? So we'll see what happens. If we can pick up like a quarterback in the second round, that's fine because then you'll have three quarterbacks to look at. Um, with Drew Locke, Geno Smith, and your rookie, you're going to keep the rookie over Drew Locke. But um, if we go in the season with three quarterbacks, then so be it. If not, if we go with two, we'll probably let Drew Locke go because let's just be honest, I don't I'm not on the Drew Locke train anymore. I was for a little bit, but, you know, Geno Smith put me in my place. So <laughs> I, uh, you and I stand a little different on that. And that's well, it, it's just kind of one of those things where differing opinions makes this show interesting because yeah, if yeah, we were yeah. agreeing with this, it'd be really boring. But that's what sports are. I think Drew oh, yeah. Locke has the physical attributes to do what a good quarterback should in this league. It's just, you know, he hasn't developed his decision-making. And I think that's what Gino had early on in his career. He had all the physical attributes. Um, You're going to wait just, another five years for Drew Locke to figure it out? I don't think it'll take five years. I don't think Gino Smith needed as long as he needed to get figure it out. It's just I think the way that the NFL works is once you, get, once you screw up your first job, you're written off. Like, you think Zach Wilson's going to get another job? Like oh, no. now, so it's once you get your first job, you know, once you, you everybody has short short memory. So, you know, if you don't get the job done now, they will move on because there are 120 mm-hmm. teams plus teams in I college. Mean, you, you can go and look at Drew Locke is like Drew Locke has he had a 16-15 season when he was a 16 touchdown to 15 interceptions with less than 3,000 yards his rookie year, and then he went 
uh, they basically Broncos definitely said this is this ain't the guy because that next season he only had 787 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions, and I I, I get it. Maybe give Locke a year or something like that. But at the same time, he's I just don't I don't believe him to be like a like you're what you're saying is you see Drew Locke as a potential franchise quarterback. Is that what you're saying? I see Kirk Cousins, would you consider Kirk Cousins as do a, I want do you want a Kirk Cousins journey though for no, the Seahawks? No, that's that's fair. We don't want that kind of journey, but think Kirk, about Kirk Cousins not for this season, but the past five. Yeah. And so like if you know, obviously that's the Kirk Cousins story, you know, that that's not necessarily the Drew Locke story. I don't want to I, de- I don't want to develop Drew Locke. I will take a rookie quarterback and develop him instead, in my opinion. And Locke is um, only what two or three years into his career, right? Two. Too. This will be his third season. So I get like in terms of in one, here's the thing. He's also being he had what different head coaches, different whatever, and then he gets he's now he's on the Seahawks. I don't I don't want to like figure out if Drew Locke's the one post Geno Smith. I'd rather we just because when are we gonna get a chance to draft have a chance to draft a QB as high as other teams have had? Yeah, that's in my true. opinion. You know, like even if you look at guys like Patrick, without Mahomes, trading up, you know, yeah, without picks. trading up, that's the that that is the the opposite, the the other side of it. Mm-hmm. Um, Some yeah, other, I see as I, I see as oh, being a long term rebuild too. So that's that's probably um, a rebuild leading into a retool type of thing. So right, I, would you not want have Geno Smith be the starter? That is fine. I am fine with him being the starter for the next two or three years. I would still go and get either a Bryce Young, a C.J. Stroud, or whoever. Um, other people are saying, you know, with the top five pick, don't go for a QB. Cause I am seeing like 12th man rising said they want, uh, Seattle get miles Murphy, the edge from Clemson, um, field goals said they want Jalen Carter. And I think there's another one from 12th man rising saying they want Nolan Smith, the edge from Georgia. Cause Georgia, they develop, uh, edge and D tackle the whole D line. Georgia's the factory for it. Yeah. SEC in general, especially, but this is weird the second first round pick that we have, and I know I'm going a little bit too deep into this. So I, I will definitely give an episode for this. Uh, 12th man rising said either cam Smith, the corner from South Carolina. I don't know if we need another corner in my opinion, unless yeah. like, <laughs> unless you're going to say like, uh, cause I, I think like Mike Jackson is still, he stayed on the field because of his play, but then, you know, we got, uh, Trey Brown in the back in the, in the, Trey Brown is yeah. getting is getting healthy again too. I would right. say safety before. Trey Brown's he's he is healthy. He just hasn't won the spot, you know, because I, I don't think he's been activated yet. I thought he has. I, thought, I think he he's hasn't. been practicing, but I don't think he's. I think they said oh. he's close to returning, but not not okay. Yet. Okay, because you know, he, you know Kobe Bryant. Really Kobe Bryant's the slot, so yeah, he got the slot it. locked up. You know what's um, funny? I think Kobe Bryant. I I see a lot of his play being similar to like Quandre Diggs. I wouldn't mm-hmm. be surprised if he transitions into like a free safety type of role at some point in his career. Yeah. But then we'll, unless like, I guess some people can see that maybe we still need that second corner besides Woolen. like Woolen was just like a, that was like a um, um, diamond in the rough pick. Um, that's why someone said, go get Cam Smith from South Carolina. Right. So I don't, I think we have enough young corners to develop as it is. That's why I don't think we're going to go corner at all. My opinion but uh, yeah, I don't think so. Or, or I, I would say safe. I'd say corner is probably at clear, you know, close to the bottom of my my yeah. priorities. I would say I put, I put safety above them. Yeah, sure. safety would definitely be above. Whether now strong safety or free safety, Quadre Diggs well, at least prove he can. Well, Quadre Diggs at least prove he's still solid at that position. 
I would maybe consider, depending on how Jamal Adams comes back, maybe go get a strong safety because we need depth. Yeah, but if we can't if we can't retain Ryan Neal, then I think Ryan Neal is a free agent after this season. I think they're gonna keep Ryan Neal. I think he's like a Ross like a um locker room favorite over there. This is just my guess. I could be wrong, but I think we're gonna keep him because he makes it work when we go the three safety package. Oh, for sure. So if he's getting playtime and stuff like that, even when Jamal Adams was in, that kind of shows you like what the team thinks. Mm-hmm. So um field goals for that second. And I'll finish it up with the uh, field goals said that the second first round pick should go to Anthony Richard, the quarterback from Florida, which I mean, hey, whoever, whatever you think, he, like, you know, any of these quarterbacks should go. I, I'm just going to say this every year when it comes to quarterbacks, it's like a pot shot in the dark and you're, you don't know what you're going to get. No one knows what you're going to get. I mean, if everyone remembers when uh, Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota came in the league and they, you know, they went one and two. Now look at where they are, you know? <laughs> There's been a lot of years of that. Zach Wilson went number two. Trevor Lawrence, people aren't sold on still. Well, he, he has improved because this is what you want, is you want improvement, and then you need to see where he goes from there Because in terms of analysis. But I wouldn't say he's like the generational player that some people were saying. Yeah, and so I, when, you have a, when you have a pick really up high, do you see them? Do you see those kind of picks being the type of players you develop in the background when you, when you take them that high? I know because every that's the thing. Um, so this is the thing with the. I think we. I either I thought about this a little bit. Anytime you take anyone in the top five, you just expect them to just play. Yeah, whether that's the because topic. a lot of these people have the Madden brains, or um, even I don't, even if it's a non QB, I never fully expect certain players to just be playing up to like, oh my gosh, we won a Super Bowl because of this player and his rookie season kind of thing. There's always overly high expectations for the top five, if not top 10 picks. Um, that was That's always going to be there. Even if you take a quarterback at 10, they're going to still think that he should take it to the playoffs. Someone's yeah. going to say it, right? So we don't know. It's a crapshoot with quarterbacks. Even if you take them, like, like if you remember uh, Lamar Jackson went late. I think he went late. Like, I think he might last. have been like close to the end of the first round. Yeah. He, he was no, he was picked 31 and 32 and look where he's at right now. Right. You don't know. And he got passed up by everybody. So that's the thing. You just don't know. And it's also depending on the coaching staff, if they're willing to develop a QB, all that good stuff, you know, and so on and so forth, especially the, uh, the offensive packages uh, that you need to do. Cause with any QB that you bring in, you got to set packages just for him. Yeah. If you're and I think that's him. what, I think why, that's why the uh, Titans experiment right now is the way to do it. Instead, they, they drafted Malik Willis, I think in the second or third round, right? Desmond yeah. Ritter, I think went in the second or third round and he's developing yeah. over in Atlanta. Everyone knew he was, he was a, like, he's raw, phys, like he's raw talent, but like in terms of like, uh, is he ready? As you can see from this season, he's not ready to yeah. be the play caller. Meanwhile, because... Kenny, Kenny Pickett, they didn't really think much about um, Mitch Trubisky over Kenny Pickett, right? right? That, that uh, Mitch Trubisky got the start for a few weeks, but he, he was on a short leech. We, we yeah, and then Kenny Pickett's looking good. Um, he's been solid these last couple of games. I mean, he's not out there scoring like five touchdowns a game, but, but he's not making rookie? mistakes. As yeah. a rookie, though, you're putting some wins under your belt. You could potentially go to the playoffs if you keep winning. Like, it's still looking good for them um, yeah. when you look at that. And then other than that, that's pretty much all I'm seeing from, like, the mock drafts currently right now. Yeah, let's I uh, hope we go. You know, we go D-line and edge or D-line and linebacker. I'll be pleased. And then we can, you know, talk about that, you know, another yeah. time. And if, a, if a situation presents itself like it did this year where, you know, we had the option of Evan Neal or Charles Cross, you know, which either or both of them, both of them are good players. Where If we're in that position, you know, I wouldn't mind who we take if it Jalen Carter isn't on the board for us. 
Oh yeah, like basically go because I, I I keep forgetting like Clemson has some good edge players over there and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, so. the world D tackle specifically for for our I think, I think D, the other D tackles from Alabama, I believe that's kind of going high up on the. I'm just taking a pick of like I'm just looking at them, uh, CBS's mock draft just to see who they think. Uh, Miles Murphy is also they're saying he's an edge. Um, some people edge just say is, I can see a, well in terms of draft capital spent. Yeah, we've been talking about this for a while, so. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of draft capital, like edges typically go before defensive tackles, don't they? Yeah, but some defensive, defensive tackles teams. you don't skip over though. Yeah, <laughs> or Jalen, like Georgia, they basically set a staple of we get like even before Jordan Davis was there, they had a. Did you not see how many from that front seven from? Um, oh from yeah, Georgia Dude, went like, they, like that entire front seven. <laughs> it wasn't it? Wasn't right. it like? Yeah. And they and they they haven't lost a step. Ron Walker and all that, like on the Jags and stuff. Like oh my gosh, man, yeah. like it's. Um, with edge or outside or oddball linebackers, you have to give them time, unfortunately, to see where they fit in the defense. So that's the thing tackles, about you expect them D tackles, you expect them to come in, right run away. stuff as well as being very disruptive. Yeah, that's, disruption that's, is the keyword because that disruption allows for your young, energetic defensive ends and edges to just kind of wreak havoc on the outside. And you, yeah. you know, once once that disruption, once you get that disruption, it'll let. Uh, It'll make the rest of the defense look a lot better too. Your secondary play will get a lot better as well. Pretty much. And that's a yeah. And that's and, about it. Yeah. So we'll we'll talk about mock drafts later in the season as we get closer and picks get solidified because I think the Broncos pick may or may not fluctuate if it just sticks to us. I think being the number three or number four, great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's uh well let's go around the league now, but we can uh, we can kind of cast this in the in the light of us as uh, as Seahawks fans. So first up, we got free agency running backs. Looking into this upcoming off season, we got a lot of names on the board that are going to be free agents. Um, you want to yeah. want to go through them? Josh Jacobs, Saquon Barkley, Miles Sanders, Tony Pollard, David Montgomery, Kareem Hunt, Jamal Williams, Damian Harris, Jeff Wilson Jr., Devin Singletary, Raheem Mostert, and Rashad Penny. First uh, question. First question I have for you. Yeah. Um, which of these guys do you see being retained by their their current teams? Josh Jacobs. <laughs> yeah. Obviously. Josh Jacobs, Saquon Barkley, um, Jamal Williams, because if the Lions let Jamal Williams go after the production he's he's given them right now, I think he has like thirteen total touchdowns I think right he now. He's the league in touchdowns, isn't he? Yeah, and all of that. If you if you let Jamal Jamal Williams go, um, I'm sorry, like that's like the perfect like thunder uh, lightning and thunder combination that the Lions have. I wouldn't give that up. Especially like how they're doing late in the season. Yeah. Um, I think Devin Singletary is weird because the Bills, you don't really talk about the Bills and their running backs. They're more complimentary than like a staple for them. Because they're you have you know, they have Josh Allen at QB. So I'm not sure. I think Devin Singletary might come back on a cheap deal. If not, I can see them letting him go, but I don't know who would their who's their next running back. Oh, they actually did they got they got Cook Cook's, and they got Devin Cook's brother. Yeah, they got Cook, and then who was the other guy that they picked up? Was it um, Naheem Hines? Naheem Hines, yeah, and that's like that could be a one-two punch right there too, because Naheem Hines and DeAndre He's Swift a good receiving types. back. Yeah, I think they're gonna let Devin Singletary go because I do remember like over the years, like I actually even had him in fantasy one time, and he definitely had issues in the red zone and stuff like that. One so, name, uh, one name that you brought up, um, or two names, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we've talked a lot about what makes a good, successful running back or running offense right and usually it's that committee or tandem backs you know it's you don't you know you don't have that you don't have that bell cow back style of you know 
of a run offense because that just doesn't really exist anymore unless your name's Derrick Henry. Um, right. Derrick so Henry can be your whole, your whole, you know, identity. What about the, <laughs> what about uh, Tony Pollard and Kareem Hunt? You know, those, those are two people. Tony Pollard's having like a, like an absolute ball of a season to anybody. I mean, everybody kind of expected it. If you kind of seen him play in the past, most people mm-hmm. are just like, where did this come from? But I can see them. Everybody, like people, if people that are Dallas fans are saying, you know, Tony Pollard is our best running back. That's what they're. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Cause um, Zeke has not been the same uh, since his rookie season. I think it's also. It's wearing um, terrible, man. Yeah. He has a lot of carries early in his career. Yes. Yeah, so that's the thing. Cause um, who was it? DeMarco Murray was the other running back they had. Yeah, they, they, well, DeMarco Murray, they let go and drafted. No, they let him go, but I'm saying you have to, you, do you remember how many times they were running the ball with DeMarco Murray in oh, one yeah. season? It was 300-plus carries. Yeah, and, like, you know, I mean, to be one. fair, for DeMarco Murray, I think he went to Eagles, and I don't think he played as well. And I think then I think he went to the Titans. He wasn't the same. That's the thing. Cause well, after... When he went to the Titans, he was okay. I think, well, I think that um, DeMarco Murray's yeah. career should have a little bit of an asterisk because the uh, Dallas Cowboys had one of the best offensive lines ever when he was that's the running a, back. And that's the thing. They kept running the ball with DeMarco Murray. I wouldn't say he's an outlier in that fact. It's because they overuse. I would say you're – so in I, I, some people say today's league compared to last league, but at the same time, it's also like you're saying that like like the people that were playing ball back in the day were tougher than people today. And that's not necessarily the case. It's also like you know different things – are helping people in their injuries and stuff coming back to the field and all that um, different, like, you know, fields of medicine and all that type of stuff. At the same time, like it, the bell cow running back is kind of being a thing of the past. There's are, there are teams that still do it. You're just not seeing a lot of them anymore. Even for uh, the Seahawks, we used to just run with one running back and just have like, you know, Hey, a breather. Hey, come on in and give them a breather. Cause right yeah. now, even we do stuff with uh uh, Kenneth Walker, and then of course we bring in like Travis Homer or something like that. So, like when he was in, uh, when he was in Dallas, though he had uh, or so I'm I'm, I'm coming back to um, um, Demarco Murray. He had a lot of like carries, and he played in every um, he played in, he played in most games, but he had a lot. I'm trying to see where his carries are right here, but he because I know he one season he ran for like. Like 300 times, if I remember. Oh, no. Yeah, that's a is. lot for a running back. But here it is. So he had a hundred, um, he had 164 attempts in 2011, 161 attempts in 2012, 217 in 2013. And he, okay, so here's the big season. So you have to think this is four years with Dallas. He had 164 for 897 yards. Uh, so this is before Dallas had a good line because he only had two touchdowns or he was a backup. When he started, 217 for over 1,100 yards, nine touchdowns. The big season, 392 attempts for 18, uh, 1,845 yards and 13 touchdowns. Yeah. I got 115 yards per game. It's a lot of touches. And that's that's in this fourth year. I think he was still playing with Tony Romo back then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, Tony Romo was still there. But and coming back after to after that, he wasn't the same. Coming back to the free agency running backs that are in the room. So Tony Pollard is where we where we came up with. Do you see the Cowboys trying to retain? Yeah, yeah. So that's that's all I was coming back to was that like Tony Pollard, he looks he he looks very good because he's fresh. He hasn't been used up like Zeke has. Zeke, um, that's why I meant to also look up Zeke's stats. But Zeke has like when he first came in, he was like he was the back. Let's yeah, be honest, he, he was he the basically back he pick, he picked up where Demarco Murray left off. Basically, and he had like, he had like he had. Uh, I'm trying. Yeah, he, he was putting up MVP type numbers for. 
you know, his first he few was. years. Oh yeah, yeah, he he definitely was. Um, but like, and that's I think even after I know some people say after the big after a big deal, people uh, that's when they start to lean back because they got the deal that they wanted. But it's also like, come on now, you have to also understand like where he's coming from too. Because oh, here we go. So Zeke first year. So unlike Demarco Murray, his first year he had three hundred and twenty two attempts. Yeah, for over sixteen hundred yards, fifteen as touchdowns. a rookie, as a rookie. Next season. Uh, he played all games that year. Next season, he only played 10 games that year. Had 242 attempts for 983 yards and seven touchdowns. A down year. But he came back 2018. Remember so remember DeMarco Murray's first four years I just talked about. Here's his third year. 304 attempts. Over 1,400 yards. Six touchdowns. Uh, not including. I'm not going to include receptions. But he was used in the past game a little bit. Not too much. 2019. He had 301 carries for over 1,300 yards, 12 touchdowns. It's a lot of hits. And after that, that's I think he got his deal in 2019, I think, after that, too. 2020 was 244 attempts for 979 and 6 touchdowns. 2021, 237 attempts for just over 1,000, 1,002 yards, 10 touchdowns. This season so far, 140 attempts for 577 and 7 touchdowns. He's not, I'm, I'm sorry to tell everyone this, like, but this is the thing about running backs and this is why they're devalued because they get overused. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's why we, you're starting to see the thunder and lightning combination that you see it with Tony Pollard. I mm-hmm. think he's going to get kept by the Cowboys. He should be. That would be stupid if they let him go because he had a, he had a monster of a game too. Um, especially his other games where he, he, you give him the ball more. I think there's more of a quickness in his step. Well, obviously because he's fresh. I think I should have said Tony Pollard. I put some respect on his name. He should Dallas should should keep him, but Dallas has done some stupid decisions in the past, though. Yeah, I guess I guess that's the uh, that's the different. Those those are two different questions, and that that we probably can go down to players that should be kept by the teams, and do we think the players will? Do we think the teams will keep the players? Right. Yeah. So do we think the teams will keep the players? That'll be Kareem Hunt to answer your question on that one because Kareem Hunt. While he is a nice complimentary back, he was, I think, a trade target. I just don't know. I don't think any trades went down. Mm-hmm. But I feel like Kareem Hunt could go and be a starter somewhere else at least one more time. Yeah. Other than that, I'm not sure. Like Penny, I think we're going to let him go. Yeah. Um, I mean, sad. It, it sucks. It, I like Penny, but. Miles Sanders? Um, he's, still, he's still with the Eagles, right? Yeah, Eagles. You know, that team also has Boston Scott. Um, is it uh, Gainwell? Kenneth Gainwell? And I think Gainwell. Gainwell yeah. And, you know, Jalen Hurts uses his legs a lot, so I guess running yeah. backs aren't featured as well. They, they still run the ball quite a they bit. They can afford to let him go, especially when they have another top-round pick, too. They can always just go get another running back. But Miles Sanders has – he's shown good over the years, too, in the in the, the past game as well, if not run game. But that's one where I'm like, I don't know where that's what's going to happen with that. I don't really watch the Eagles that much to get a sense of, you know, where things stand, but at, but also they're, you know, 10-1 and one right now. Two names, two names that we that are on this list that are with uh, one team are Jeff Wilson Jr. and Raheem Mostert. Right, I think both of them are on the Dolphins. Um, where do you see? You know, do we see one of them being kept? Both of them being kept? Do we think you know they're gonna they're gonna move on from both of them? It depends on what if Josh McDaniels coming from the Kyle Shanahan coaching tree. Mike McDaniels. <laughs> oh my God. Mike oh, McDaniel. So Mike McDaniel, not Josh. Did I say Josh? Yeah. Terrible me, terrible, terrible. me. Shame on you. Buddy. I just gave, give myself a, a, I'm slapping myself on the hand. 
Mike McDaniel. Um, put some respect on that man's name too. Turning the the Dolphins around, <laughs> being like the sexiest looking team right now, especially with the I would say like the best wide receiver duo. So it depends on what Mike Mike McDaniel wants to do with the team, right? Is he going to do the Kyle Shanahan tree approach and just have a flurry of running backs that you can just keep throwing in certain situations? Or is it going to be a little bit of a mix of like a running back wide receiver system, especially with what they have, the speed that they have in the wide receivers. So I think they might keep one of the two because I don't think they have like their number one running back. Because I don't think, do they have a... Because besides those two, who, who else is on the um, the Dolphins, uh, the I'm running back to, core? I'm about to pull that up right now. I'm just going to look at their last game stats. Mm-hmm. Where are they? So looking at it, they have Jeff Wilson Jr. got 13 carries for 39 yards and a touchdown. Miles Gaskin got six carries for 17 yards. He was their feature back last year. Um mm-hmm. Tyree Kill got one carry for five yards, and Skylar Thompson got six, had six carries for five yards. So they're going to be doing those plays where they use the receivers as running backs too. And, well, maybe is, not. Is, like, actually, not is Raheem Mostert is Raheem Mostert hurt? Because he, he didn't hurt. get he, he didn't get any carries at all. Right. Yeah, I'm not seeing it any right now. Maybe they, maybe he he was, um, yeah, okay, yeah. I think he has a knee injury, is what I'm seeing. Yeah, so it's one of those. It's one of those things where they have a lot of running backs or a lot of like talent to make up for if they lose a running back or two, right? So yeah. it, we just need to see what Mike McDaniel wants to do with the team in terms of is it going to be a run based? Is it going to be th- you know, uh, especially with Tua? Because I know Tua is not like a he can you know he can he he got a little bit of leg under him, but he's not like a you don't want him running, dude. You especially with this history, you don't want him running after this season, right? Yeah, he's been he's actually been good in the pocket, even outside he, of the he pocket. He took another so. he took another scary hit this week too. He got like bent over backwards, kind of thing. You just I mean, every time that guy gets touched, you you just kind of hold your breath. You don't want him. You don't if want you're gonna talk to. about Tua, talk about um uh the uh the the Bears quarterback man. Oh, uh, Justin Fields. Yes, that man's been getting hit all season. He didn't I play this. He, he didn't play this week. Um, I know he didn't because the week before he was playing through an injury, and yeah, then his, I, his, you uh, can even it, see in other games he gets hit too. But I mean, I've yeah. talked about protecting your your quarterbacks. I think it was last week, if not before. So that's what, that, the thing, the difference though, is that that's part of Justin Fields' game. You know, yes, that's, true. That is a significant. That is a if you were to put it, you know, running and passing ability. You know, you it would be you know sixty forty almost at that point. Mm-hmm. You expect him to run more than he passes. Tua is the act is the accurate passer. Even Tyreek Hill said, like, if you want to, like, he even like nothing like against Tua. He just said, like, in terms of arm power, obviously Patrick Mahomes. We've all seen what Patrick Mahomes does with his arm. You can't just say Tua has like if Tua doesn't have Patrick Mahomes' arm, he has a noodle arm, which is that's what people were doing. Yeah. But Tua is accurate, and if you actually did, you see the the video from Brett Coleman on Tua? I haven't watched it. Take a peek at that video after this or whenever you get some time because it actually he's a very accurate passer and he even shows some of the, like some plays on film uh Tua making some throws in like places where like no other other quarterbacks are not going to be making that throw at not saying you know not Tom Brady in them but at the same time it's like he makes these very accurate and they can do stuff uh with Tua I just hope he doesn't have like you know the head injuries and stuff like that catch up to him later in life but you know, besides that, we'll see what happens. So I, I don't. I, they may either let them both go, they may keep one, they may keep both if they like what they see. 
Yeah, maybe they want to maybe they maybe they want to do the Kyle Shanahan thing where they just kind of put anybody in there that has good attributes and just right. feature them, you know, as a as a committee. One last question on this topic before we move on, though, is yeah. uh, uh, you know we we could we we need some running back depth in in our room, right? With mm-hmm. our with the Seahawks, so with if we, I mean, I think it's pretty much a written conclusion that Rashad Penny isn't going to come back to the team. He could come back if he comes back on like a very small one-year deal again, uh, another prove it deal. But this year was his prove it deal, right? And um, you know that's why when he was, prove it. Mm-hmm. that's why when he uh, when he broke his leg or broke his tibia, I think it was tibia, um, he was crying on the sidelines because he knew like you know it's hard to come back from that reputation of being an injury riddled player. You know, so yeah. we have our, our running back room right now is Kenneth Walker, mm-hmm. DJ Dallas, and Travis Homer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have a list of players here. Who would you think would fit in pretty well of the people that we would assume isn't going aren't going to be retained by their team? Kareem. Well, besides the team, yeah, yeah. So Kareem Hunt, I think, would do well. I haven't seen much of Damian Harris personally. I feel like he can also be a complimentary back. What style um, of running back do you think would would complement Kenneth Walker well? Let's start Kenneth there. Walker is like that, but he, Kenneth Walker is that it's special weird, running right? back. He, that he, he does he do both. Yeah, because he, he has that home run speed. We've seen it, but he yeah, also he, is that elusive back. But I'm thinking maybe more of a goal line back type of player. Like maybe he's definitely, like, well, he's definitely gonna get he's he's gonna get the touches. Like he's gonna get like the first and second down touches. Maybe because we do okay, so he's the first and second down touches kind of person, especially red zone touches. That's his that's his bread and butter. Like you can like while we're getting to the red zone, they're gonna use Kenneth Walker. Now sometimes they may use uh, a third down like you know receiving long type of situations that kind of thing. Yeah, but even like I think even when it wasn't a long situation, we use Travis Homer. Like Travis Homer is solid. I think we're gonna keep Travis Homer. I don't know if we're gonna if we do pick up someone, you know, who do we drop between the two? But I would say we need like a receiving back. I think Kareem Hunt would be solid behind um, Kenneth Walker. I don't know if he if he would accept that type of deal to be a backup. Again, I think he's Again, looking for something. Right. So that if you go pick up a running back, you have to make sure they're not like looking for a big contract themselves on another team. So yeah, yeah. Admitted, maybe David Montgomery. Ask. David Montgomery might be one uh, yeah. to look at as well. Damian as Harris. a back. Uh, no, no, but uh, Damian Harris and David Montgomery are two backs but i feel like damian harris you need to see him as a, a rb1 I, I would like for him to start but if we could pick him up cool um i don't know if we're gonna run next season with four running backs again but if we do we do it's just travis homer will probably be the receiving back if not the whoever if damian harris is basically like you could have damian harris and travis homer on the field i don't know if damian harris was a receiving back that's why i said kareem hunt was is more than damian harris but yeah mm-hmm. i because the, the thing about and then like of course what do you do with DJ Dallas or Travis Homer? Because it's funny because Travis Homer was a 2019 sixth round pick and DJ Dallas was a 2020 fourth round pick. So Travis Homer looks a lot better. Looks better than DJ Dallas at times. I've seen times where DJ Dallas shows like those those sights and stuff. Like he shows the lights himself. But I don't know, man. Uh, in ter- what do you think in terms of who we should pick up? Maybe I I mean in terms of I I, I prefer I look at typically look at it not as the player as the more of as the role that they try to fill in the offense. Yeah, I, I think we would probably lean more towards a power back type of player, someone that you know, someone that's hard nosed that'll just run his run through his line to get that you know goal line touch mm-hmm. or to get that to cross the goal line. Because um, especially because I see Travis Homer being all, already being that third down back, you know he's that's the role he's been used. 
Kenneth Walker, he, he he's still young and developing and that kind of thing too. But um, I see them kind of, I, I see a, I see a power back, you know, a guy that can just like run head on and not run over people. You know, that's not something that's in Kenneth Walker's arsenal. He does have that elusiveness and that kind of thing to, to break tackles. But in terms of like running over people, I don't think he has that attribute maybe, or he has not, af- not afraid to truck someone though. I will at least say that. That's for so, sure. But so yeah. if, if we were he's, looking he's for no someone. Damian, that, he's basically no Damian Pierce. That's for sure. Yeah. Damian Pierce is the, is that, is that type of player I'd look at at, I'd have to look more at these names on the on the on the board. If, but I think if Jamal Williams goes out in the oh, free yeah, agency, sure. we should. We love Jamal out. Williams on this podcast. <laughs> oh man, especially he loves anime too, and he's like open about his anime. He doesn't his watch love TV. He I don't watch TV. Anime. I watch it. I mean, that's me. I don't watch TV that much besides like football and stuff. Hey, I watch anime. TV. But yeah, if <laughs> Jamal Williams is in free agency, if the Seahawks pick him up, perfect. Yeah, we'll perfect. we'll see. Uh, we've. We've kind of beaten this horse. Let's uh, let's move on to uh, some other topics around the league before we look at like the weekend review. So yeah. we'll, really quick, one topic that we talked about last week was Zach Wilson. They pretty much resolved that <laughs> that con- that quarterback dilemma this week, did they not? Mike White came in. I think he had 140 passer rating, three t- three touchdowns. Yeah, Jets look like they Jets look like they were a well rounded team, didn't they? Yeah, um, and they faced the Bears, which. They're playing a backup quarterback, to be fair, and you know. Right. The thing is, you don't have a lot of film on Mike White either, because Zach Wilson was in. Well, you have some film, but not like a back-to-back, you know, thing on that. So, of course, you can have a backup QB that's been known to come and just have like very bright moments. But it's one of those. It's basically like the Taylor Heineke situation where it's like I think Mike White is the true. Um, he's a QB locker room favorite, favorite, right? Yeah, he's oh, he's de- well, I don't uh, locker room. Yeah, I don't know how people see Zach Wilson or not, but at the same time, like Zach Wilson just hasn't been, he hasn't been, you know, he hasn't been those last few games. He hasn't been looking good. So Mike White, even I was just like, man, just start Mike White because if you have a quarterback issue, they're not going to be high enough to even go and draft a quarterback anyway, unless they just lost all their games. So you might as well just take Mike White and with Zach Wilson as a backup and see how things shake. Yeah, I think I don't, I don't see any issue with that. I think they're going to ride Mike White from Mike White out from here on out. Um, he, I would hope they if, do. Even if they, even if he does have like a pretty awful game, I don't think. I think that he has earned the right. I mean, he didn't get drafted by the Jets or anything. I think he started on the Cowboys, and then the mm-hmm. Jets picked him up. Uh, I think. I think I see him in the same light as Taylor Heineke. I think in terms of like what he does for the locker room, I think everybody uh, from sources I've seen, at least you know, everybody says they seem to rally around Mike White. You know, whenever he he does well, which I don't think. Um, People have really said the same thing about Zach uh, Zach Wilson when he plays well, which he hasn't. So maybe there I mean, there isn't enough data there. But it's also the thing of having the you were you were the second pick overall type thing. You should be yeah. It's a lot of expectations. XY, like I said, this is those high expectations thing. And of course, now granted, he definitely played. I don't think better. Zach Wilson is getting his job back, dude. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm just saying. But like, this is also what I'm also trying to say. Like, I mean. Like Trevor Lawrence, wasn't he the number one overall pick? Like, do you think he's lived up to his number one overall pick? Uh, no. You see what I'm saying? No, well, because Trevor Lawrence has had that had that title of Andrew Luck, you know, second coming of Andrew Luck. <laughs> I didn't go that far personally. I said he was a solid quarterback, but not to the point. I mean, he played pretty well his rookie season too, and then of course he had uh, you know, whatchamacallit coach that for some odd reason he was an analyst. Yeah, uh, Urban, Urban Meyer, Meyer was. Yeah. He was a. Yeah, I don't know. I know. I'm just saying, like Urban Meyer, the same 
guy that was a, apparently he was an analyst over the weekend. I was like, what the hell? Why does this dude have a fucking job? Yeah. <laughs> like that was crazy. But yeah, he was with Urban Meyer his first season. And I think anyone deserves a pass if you have Urban Meyer as your co- coach in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So uh, he did show he's showing improvement this season. But I mean, hey, it, if, if anybody a, can make him look good, it's Doug Peterson. He made he made us think Carson Wentz was an MVP. Right. So, you know, that's my thing. So is it Trevor Lawrence? Is it the system? That's and but at the same time, those high expectations, right? So and of course, Zach Wilson ain't living up to it. And of course, you have a and new he has a coaching attitude. Staff. So that's... I, think have a, I think you have a. I, mean, I don't know. People say he's not. He's not friendly or something like that. But again, I don't. I haven't met the person myself. What is it with quarterbacks named Wilson? <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, I think also I think they have you know the new head uh, Robert Sala, the new head coach. I think they well, have been a new there for GM two years too, right? I think that the GM and coach have been there for at least two years. It's still, it's still, in, but I don't think they, no, because Robert Sala wasn't there when they drafted Zach Wilson, though. I think he was. He was? Yeah, Ooh. I'll, I'll take a look. I'll take a look. Correct me if I'm wrong. If I'm wrong, it, it's, man, sometimes I just, it blurs in terms of like when they come in. Because I thought he inherited Zach Wilson when he came. So he has been the head coach since 2021. When was Zach Wilson drafted? 2020, I thought. Was it 2020? Taking a look right now. You can continue your thought, though. I mean, that's, that's pretty much it. Roll with Mike no, White. he was drafted in 2021. Sorry. I... Okay. <laughs> so they drafted okay. him. Okay. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's like that Arizona hey, Cardinal situation. If you made a mistake, you know, you can't go back and fix your mistake, but you can only make the right decision going forward. And, you know, hey, you made a mistake. With Zach, if you made a mistake with Zach Wilson, you make a right decision moving forward. Well, unfortunately, like, uh, who was it from the Arizona Cardinals they got before Kyler Murray? Josh Rosen. Right, and they had another number one pick, and they just said, "Bye, Josh Rosen." Hello, yeah. Kyler Murray, but they can't do that with the Jets. I so. think Josh, I don't know if Josh Rosen was taking number one overall, but he was. I think he's definitely top five. He was definitely yeah. He was definitely. No, let me see. I didn't. I have to see this just real quick. Uh, Josh Rosen pick. He was the. He was tenth overall pick, and okay, then they so had the tenth. number. Then he had the number one overall pick the next year because it was such a bad season. Yeah, he was. Josh he was Rosen. not good. Yeah. Anywho. Um, Mike White lead the way. Um, Zach Wilson, you're gonna have to figure something out. Yeah, <laughs> that's all I gotta say. Be a nice person. <laughs> have some, <laughs> be held accountable. Yeah. Uh, ne- next story up with something that happened in the last couple of days was the OB- OBJ flight controversy. Um, mm-hmm. you had some thoughts on it. You want to go through? I mean, in short, uh, it's like a he said, she's she said kind of thing with like the airline and OBJ. So. In light of OBJ, his lawyer came out and basically just said the short of it was he went on the airplane, he fell asleep before it take it took off, um, and when he does that, he usually puts a blanket on his head, you know, to get the lights out. It's, it's it's basically a typical thing OBJ does, like everyone should know about. Like it's kind of a normal thing for him. Um, wakes up to an airline attendant telling um that wanted to kick him off of the um the airline or the flight because he didn't have a seatbelt. His seatbelt wasn't fastened. He basically said, well, from the from his side, he said, OK, he said he complied. He apologized. He wasn't aggressive or anything like that. And he definitely said like, oh, so I'm, hey, apologize. I apologize about that. Let me put my seatbelt on. But then they were saying that like the uh, the flight attendant was really gung ho on trying to get him off because it, it really came down to an ultimatum of uh, either everyone was going to get deplaned besides him or something like that, or they were going to kick him off the flight, which I think it eventually ended up with him getting kicked off the flight and uh, his stuff got sent to LA without him. So 
Uh, I think that's a lawsuit on the airline itself at this point. So we'll see how that shakes up um, in terms of like some people are thinking like, you know, what does Jerry Jones think? Because, you know, they the cowboy. Everyone thinks the Cowboys has Cow- him. Uh, Jerry, the Cowboys. We need we need to get, we need to give this a whole like statement. Cowboys are simping so hard over OBJ to, as if it's going to give him a Super Bowl ring the moment that he signs on the team. Like it, they're right. writing it as a foregone conclusion that they're winning it all if they get OBJ. They're basically thinking they're the Rams like last year when they got OBJ and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. Because so, Jared Jones basically said his like OBJ's behavior isn't a problem compared to like everyone else or something like that. Essentially, he says his behavior, that isn't a problem. Like, Which is funny because Jerry you. Jones has, has made time and time again signed on some very sus characters like Greg oh, Hardy. Oh, were very sus in the yeah. previous, but I don't think OBJ in terms of being... No, he's not in the same group. He's not an insane person. He's not an aggressive one. He's not beating his wife or anything like that, like some other players that we know um, and things of that nature. So I, I don't see like what happened on that airline, but we just if you're not there, you don't know unless yeah. someone recorded it, which I don't see a recording out there. And then the fi- the final part with the OBJ stuff is... You said a good thing right there. I'm kind of surprised there isn't any recording. Like, usually if... Like, airplanes are, like, the first places that everybody is in a confined space. You can get... You can put that shit in VR without <laughs> people are there. Like, if this, if this was a situation as bad as everyone was saying, like, then, you know, everybody would have had their phones on. Like, how many memes are there of just guys going insane on airplanes? I don't know what it is about being trapped like a sardine that the, does it, that. Well, if you said it, because you told me it was a, it, the flight was like a long-term flight, like, not long-term, like a long flight to wherever he was going to, I think, from Miami. Yeah. It, the air, the type of jet you're on changes, too. And I definitely know he's flying first class. Yeah. It sounds yeah. like the way that the, the way that OBJ's camp is making it sound, and they're making it sound like the flight attendant was having a power trip. Uh, I don't know. We, we, I mean, there's no footage though either yeah. that, that I can see, unless it just comes out out of nowhere because someone might have like got the person say, "Hey, let's pay you for that" or something. They're like, "Hey, here's the here's the footage of OBJ on the plane, finally out for everyone to see." I don't know. Yeah, so, it, it just seems like a ridiculous story. My only question is, even if he does go to the Cowboys, how healthy can OBJ be? Because just it like easy. Um, it ain't easy coming back from that ACL injury. Yeah, because just like the receiver, uh, Jameson Williams on like the Lions, they both had an ACL tear in February. <laughs> so yeah, it's an, it's a thing of sure he has like access to like I said, we have the medical technology has advanced to where you can come back from ACL sooner. But at the same time, you're not going to be full speed until you're in that second year. That's uh, we 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 see that time and time again though. Yeah, so we'll see what happens with that and with you know OBJ on the Cowboys. I just don't I don't think. He, when healthy, he's a great receiver, especially in the slot now. But, like, can his legs hold up at this point? Like, yeah. nothing's against him, but can his legs hold up to this point? So, that's just kind of, that's pretty much it in, like, the OBJ stuff. At yeah, this I point. think this, I think the story was just blown out of proportion as if they're, like, trying to do a filler arc or something like because that. Because they're revving up the OBJ stuff. So, of course, if something happens, they're going to definitely get this out there because. It's a player that everyone expects. Who's gonna, who's gonna go to? And you know, it, it drives stories and stuff. So yeah. Um, next up, we had we were talking about Broncos earlier. We, you know, we mentioned it a little bit earlier, which was <laughs> you know, Broncos seem to be imploding. And you want to talk about what you saw in their last game? Mike Purcell. Everyone saw this. Mike Purcell, uh, defensive player, seems to be yelling at Russ. And I know some people made a meme of like, you know, stop saying let's ride. You know, and stuff <laughs> like that. That was my favorite one. Yeah, um, I found that one person. I was like, "Oh, this is so funny." But like, I think that was Russ, Boston Connor from uh, from Pat McAfee show that said that, right? 
Yeah, and basically it's just... I mean, I imagine he wasn't the only one, but yeah. Right. Everyone's saying, you know, it's going to be something against Russ because at this point, Russ is getting a lot of hate because, let's just be honest, if you invest in a player like you did, you paid him the money that you did, you don't think a season like this is going to happen. That I mean, I think this is the only... that that, This is worse than drafting a quarterback high and not him not paying out. Because this is... You are... Broncos fans, be ready because you're fucked for at least three years because <laughs> with well, that dead money hit. Yeah, unless unless something can happen in that next season, but I'm talking about it, it, it is a failure this season because they used a – technically it's like this is their first-round pick. It's Russ. Multiple first-round picks, if you will, which the Seahawks are just running away with right now. So – Russ said at the end of the game, it was a pep talk. Like, you know, we're, you know, it's like the defense player coming. I was like, let's go. Like, you know, come on, guys, let's go. But that, um, you, that ain't look that like a let's go. That looked, that looked aggressive. That's why I said, <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah it, it looked more like a, you know, he was trying to, um, that's a walk uh, downplay, okay. downplay it. Yeah. But like, you know, he, he looked, there was aggression, like you said. There was aggression in those eyes when Mike Purcell said. But it was really the body. It was. It was in like this, well, the body the language, language. The body language was mostly like aggressive because it was just like, especially how Russ like responded to him and stuff. I was just like, because mm. uh, again, I think even Pat McAfee talked about it before. So real quick on Russ, like I remember one time Russ got mic'd up for a Seahawks game. And he was talking about like that's how this is how Seahawks play. This is how Seahawks play. We gotta play like this, and it's just like. Is that you, Russ, talking, or is that like what you're gonna say if you're Mike? Is that up what the, the, is that what Mr. Unlimited is saying? Yeah, that and then like it's what because he has a team, so it's like is your team saying this is how you should be as a quarterback and your your image? And after a while, it's like I want to see like I want to see you be frustrated for a change, man. Yeah. I've never seen this man's always a bit like hey hopeful and stuff like that. I'm saying I get frustrated too, even in, in certain situations, man. I, I show it, but it's like. I don't know, man. But they didn't. They didn't. If you're a quarterback of an offense that I didn't, I don't think they did put up points until like late in the late in the game. You know, you, you got to take that personally. Like, you know, if you're a defensive player that gave up 600 yards, right? That's it's your equivalent because that's right. that's just awful. Um, yeah. The highlight of that game for me was Brian Burns. You know, I think he got a, a sack on Russ, mm-hmm. and he was doing the Russ. Uh, he was doing the Russ where he had his hands out to the side. Yeah, like that, yeah. Was funny, that was a funny. Everyone's making fun of Russ, man. And it's just that's up to Russ and himself and his team to you know. The only thing you, team. you can't control team, what man. people say. The only thing that you could do is control how you play, right? And yep. he's, he doesn't seem to be doing either really well right now. If you control, um, if you play well, it shuts everyone up. Hey, I look. I, uh, it hurts to see him in a down rut, and I understand like the greedy side of us is like, hey, keep on sucking on that team, so we that number one pick can be as high as possible, so we can just have options, right? But man, it still sucks to see it. But yeah, it is what it is right now. So, who are the teams above Broncos right now? The in the in the uh, playoffs so, or in the in the draft? It's Texans for sure. Texans are number one, <laughs> so that's why a lot of people are saying they're going to pick Bryce Young. Um, char- uh, Bears. Let me see. Hang on. Let me see the CBS. Um, this is from the 28th yesterday. So they say Bear or they say Houston Texans in this in the actual order. Houston Texans, um, Chicago Bears, Carolina Panthers, Steelers at four, and us at five. Unless it might flip, especially since Steelers won or Steelers. Yeah, I think I think that updated might be that. I think Steelers have a better record now. Oh, so they have a better record than our pick should be at four, if not because I think Steelers have like are like four and seven or something like that. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're um, I think our pick might be four or five. Basically, it's at right now we're at four or five. We're at a top five pick right now, and that's where the Steelers are. Um, they definitely need you know 
what they need. But yeah, that's what that's what it's looking like in terms of like the order right now. Yeah, and uh, last thoughts on that. Looks like Nathaniel. I think the rumors are starting to increase that basically Nathaniel Hackett being fired is a that's a easy that's an easy out right there. I, I think I think it's I think that's more about saving face. Yeah, it can be, that's the that's the easiest out you can do with a season like this. Let go of that let go of that head coach. Start somewhere new. Because to be fair, like it has been just an absolute disaster of like an organization. Shit show. You can yeah. say it's a shit show. Yeah, and so <laughs> you know, even the coach is saying like I had to bring something someone in to help me with the decision making. It's I wouldn't like, be surprised. Okay. I think their GM is Patton, right? Huh? I think that's his name. Is not. I think it's. I think George. Not George. Something Patton. But I, uh, they're saying that you know it wouldn't be surprising if he lost. Yeah, George his. Patton. Okay, yeah, it wouldn't be surprising if he lost his job as well. Mainly because, you know, as an organization, you have new order, new owners coming in. You know, the Walmart family now owns Broncos. Yeah, uh, an owner that, that that inherited all of this mess. So they could clean house. Because, I mean, George, uh, George Patton has only been with the Denver Broncos since 2021. So this is his second season with them. Yeah, and, you know, sometimes when you fuck up that bad, it's just like you, you got you to gotta find someone to – to dig you out of that that, that situation because well, I mean, you kind of lost it, confidence. It de- but it just depends, though, because, like, how do you – so we talk about coaches and players, especially a quarterback, in terms of how we analyze them. How do you analyze a GM, especially if he's only been there for one season? How they draft, how they trade, how they sign – how they build a team, right? That's very true. I don't think they've done any of those things really well. Yeah, because this one, this one, well, for the Broncos franchise as a whole, this is going to be a stain, and people are going to talk about this for the next like five, ten. It might go even further depending on how this deal shakes out completely. If they can at least get a a Super Bowl out of it, that's the only way to save face. Yeah, at that point, if you give a quarterback fifty million dollars, you know the only way to win, the only way for it to be worthwhile is to win, and you you don't have a lot of optimism there. Um, they can do Broncos can do whatever they want post this season. I don't care. They go to the Super Bowl, cool, but not this season. <laughs> not this season. Speaking of shitty organizations, talk let's, to uh, let's talk Sean Taylor statue, quote unquote statue. Fucking, what a fucking disgrace, ain't it? Fucking ridiculous. All right, let, let me let me go through what the, go the you got it. Go you got it. First off, this isn't a statue. Pat Tillman. Pat Tillman has a statue. That's a beautiful statue that you know, honors what he was all about, you know, that iconic pose and everything. This is a fucking wireframe that someone's kid did in elementary school. Like, that's all it is. And it's got a, a hodgepodge of, um, uh, it, it, this wireframe mannequin has a hodgepodge of gear on him. First off, it has a Nike jersey that he never wore, Adidas mm-hmm. soccer cleats from what I've heard, uh, Reebok pants, and I think they, they put black gloves on him and he never wore black gloves. I think he usually wore red gloves or white gloves, you know, the team colors. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't give him his signature eye tape, like the, the black tape that he puts under his eyes. You know, yep. that was a signature thing. Um, Couldn't put that at all. What a fucking shitty uh, tribute to one of the, your most iconic players, right? Right. Especially like how he went out. It was especially he got because he got murdered. And this was like, I think it was right before or during the season and stuff like that. So, and, and let's not front uh, the, the, uh, well, at the time, the Washington commanders were known as the Reds because they were definitely rolling, running with that story too. Um, especially when it happened that season. And of course, years later, people still talk about Sean Taylor and still remember him. How in the living fuck do you make a, a quote unquote statue 
of this and like it's almost as if the organization doesn't know who he is at this point it's basically just like he was some, you know he's some guy that wore what 21 was it you sure it wasn't 32 there, you know you count the number of players you know you can count the number of players that looked at sean taylor the way that he played because he was a hard-hitting safety if i recall correctly or he's safety he was i think he was a box safety oh type of he player. was he was basically the like because he was definitely he started some he was cam chancellor there. before he was cam chancellor he was basically, jamal adams before just jamal he adams was sean taylor yeah. causing fumbles hitting hard this is during the era of when they were still hitting hard as hell he was yeah. shocked he was that he was that he was that guy you know this was the during the ray lewis peak era type of thing right oh my gosh and I, I like he was early in his career too and it's just like where what would have happened what could have been unfortunately he never got to see you know he never got to see that we never got to see it either and then this is how the washington commanders uh, the fact that you say a statue and then you Oh, Absolute disgrace. Mannequin. A wireframe mannequin of shit that he didn't wear. Oh my god! They put they put soccer cleats on him. If for fucks. oh we, I'm sorry, we couldn't find redskin cleats from back in the day. <laughs> like oh my gosh, man! You even if you didn't put, let's just be honest, because I know like the whole redskins things is a it's a racist term on Indians and stuff like that. But even if you didn't use, you could at least use the commander stuff. Like yeah. the, a base, just a base one, not too flashy with the commander's uniform, just because it's like you're a, you're a footballing res- organization. You can you can tape out, the, you know, you can airbrush out the logo on the cleats at the time, you know, just I mean, make them solid. You, color. Would just, you would just remake the Redskins. Yeah, like, it's, you're not, his Redskins look, but take off the Redskins stuff. How much you, would it cost to make custom gear? It don't cost much. It, you're, make, you're talking less than a thousand dollars. They're billionaires, man. Like they, they have them. Especially this, this owner here is just shitty. So we ain't gonna get into Dan Snyder again. But yeah, Dan Snyder don't give a shit. The yeah. fact that it, this, they call it a statue too, and that's not a statue. That's yeah, bullshit. Sure. That's bullshit. It, that's a so, disgrace. That's all I gotta say on that. That's that's bullshit to like give to like, especially if you say we're gonna we're gonna unveil a statue. Of, yeah. uh, of a of a player to be remembered. social media like the the, the commander's social media was all around it like honored you know like honored but not he forgotten was not honored. honored he was disrespected he was disrespected um that's all i had to say on it i'm gonna go through i want to go through some injuries this week and then i'll let you kick off uh lead the uh week 12 games we okay. can go back on the picks because i want you to lead it because you got your first dub this week oh <laughs> finally but, <laughs> let me let me just rattle off some big injuries that I, I saw going around the league. Mm-hmm. Um, first up, Von Miller got a knee injury. You know that's something to keep an eye on because he has been he has been a huge impact player for the Bills defense. And they're on a playoff run, a deep they're, playoff run. They're right on now. a deep playoff run. You know this, they're looking to make a deep playoff run. Um, Travis Etienne, standout running back. You know the reason why Jaguars changed, traded James Robinson. I think he's dealing with a foot injury. He didn't complete the game against the Ravens this week. So that's mm-hmm. something to keep an eye on. I don't know the severity. I don't. I think they did scans and they, they came up negative. So it might just be like a week to week type of thing. Mm-hmm. Allen Robinson, you know, I think the top right receiver at this point for um, the Rams. Now that Cooper Cup is kind of on the IR, he is out for the remainder of the season. I think he had foot surgery. Um, so you know that running that wide receivers room is looking a little bit more and more empty over there in the Rams Nation. Um, speaking of Rams, Aaron Donald dealing with a high ankle sprain. Um, if you're the Rams organization, it's going to be something that you look at and you say, should we just shut him down for the season? If you're, you know, if you're, if you're not going to, um, if you're not going to be able to do anything with this season, you know, they're already sitting, I think at three and eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, yeah. So they, they they might consider shutting him down, um, with the remaining six, was it six games that we have in the season? 
I don't think they've had their buy, so they might be five games. Or they might have had their five buy. or six. Yeah, five or yeah. six, depending at if that they point, have their buy they or might, not. Because high ankle sprains, they're they they linger, you know, they, mm-hmm. especially if you're a defensive, you know, lineman where you're using your body to push off, like, you know, that's not an easy thing to to play on. Mm-hmm. I mean, granted, Aaron Donald is a superhuman being, but you know, there's only so much you can do. Um for the 49ers, Elijah Mitchell possible MCL sprain you know I don't think uh obviously the Niners don't like losing a running back especially if you're in that committee that with like they got CMC they got CMC CMC has been a little on the quieter side these last couple weeks but he has uh, of course you do have CMC but you like to have like that full depth of you know running backs and that kind of thing just so that I mean you Debo Samuel might uh Debo Samuel obviously fits into the the running equation as well because he is a you know all-around player Mm-hmm. And one more that I had down here as significant injuries, and apologies if I missed any. Uh, Tristan Wirfs for the Bucks. Bucks he yeah. offensive standout offensive lineman. I think plays guard or tackle. Um, uh, well, I, well <laughs> of course, the only position left is center. When I say that, but <laughs> yeah, he's a tackle. Stand- he's their star tackle for sure. <laughs> I think yeah. So I think, franchise yeah. tackle, but yeah. Uh, what injury was it again? I think he. I, I didn't write it down. I think he had a, a, a foot injury as well. Um, okay, trying to write it down. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he he is considered week to week as well. Oh, I have it right here. I still have the tab open. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He was carted off with a foot injury during the overtime against Browns. Uh, X-rays came back negative for any issues, but he was wearing a boot, so you know, mm-hmm. keeping that's worth mm-hmm. keeping an eye on. Um, with that, you know, that's the main injuries I saw. Like you want to you want to take the week twelve games. Let's get it. So first of all, let's start off with the big, well, a surprising one that I wish, you know, the other team won, but Bills at Lions, 28-25 Bills. We both got that one right. I think we both love that Lions story, dude. We, we both wanted that win. Uh, we we both, don't mind. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll take the L in that one if, like, the Lions won it. Any other team, eh, I know the Bills are going to beat them. But, man, the Lions, man, just the Lions. And then I think there was like a, a Tony Romo, either Tony Romo or someone calling that game was like a jinx on like the <laughs> field goal and stuff like that. But man, that was the to me uh, for sure the most entertaining like Turkey Day game for sure. But uh, yeah, I think Tyler Bass had a, had the game winning field yeah. goal, but it kind of came down to the wire, which was always fun to see. But you know they had that good one two punch with uh, the Lions with DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams, and that kind of that kind of gave them their foundation. Yeah, they still need a few more pieces on that defense to round it out because that's basically what happened. It was like the Bills had that one last drive, and it was honestly like if they got the stop, they would have had the game them, or they would have at least had a tie and would have went to overtime. If not, the Lions would have, um, you know, got their own field goal or something. But mm-hmm. I mean, hey, what can you do, right? Um, Giants at Cowboys. I got that one right, but I know I hate the Cowboys. But in that case, I just knew that the Cowboys were going to win that game especially with Dak Prescott back because Danny Dimes can only do so much for a team. Yeah, the, the final score to that one was 28-20, to 20, but I think that la- that uh, I think the uh, cow- the Giants got a score with like the winding seconds of the uh, fourth mm-hmm. quarter. So it wasn't as close as it was. And I think they even stopped Saquon Barkley, too, in that game. Because Saquon Barkley has been doing really good recently, and then, of course, the Cowboys knew how to defend him and stuff because you have to give credit to their defense at the moment. Um, headed by, I think, Dan Quinn right now, so... Yeah. Michael, Michael um, Parsons is having a defensive player of the year kind of campaign, too. Yep. Yep. Uh, Patriots at Vikings uh, with 33 to 26 Vikings. I got that one right. How does it feel? Um, <laughs> it, felt, it felt good because you know that it's not a primetime game. <laughs> not a well, primetime. I think it was a primetime game. 
Oh, are we saying that Kirk Cousins actually said, you know, Kirk Cousins said, nah, I can win during prime time? Yeah, let me let me confirm what time. But it was it was the it was the last game. It was the third game. So it So it definitely got watched. So that's surprising that I went against like my own saying of like never trust Kirk Cousins. But like something told me because the Patriots were having issues at quarterback that something I mean, granted. Um, Bill Belichick can still coach a, a quarterback-less team, but as you can see, like the, the score was pretty close. But Vikings edged them out. Yeah, I don't mind getting that one wrong. Um, it kind of came down to the wire type of thing. Yeah, now, the best one was the one we definitely talked about earlier was Broncos at Panthers, twenty-three ten with the Panthers, and we both got that one right. Yeah, uh, that that ten points, seven of those came on like the fourth, like late fourth quarter. You know, the game is already mm-hmm. written off. They made Sam Darnold look like Aaron Rodgers out there, which is kind of surprising. On some, and that was, on some and that was Sam Darnold. That was his first start too for the season, right? Yeah, he. I think he, he had a touchdown run where he fumbled the ball. He picked it up and then he like alligator rolled underneath into the end zone or something like that. And uh, I think even the dude from um, That's Good Sports even he said that during his live stream of the game he was like. Uh, He's trying to channel the Melvin Gordon, the Melvin fumble. Gordon fumble, and then all of a sudden he's like, "Wait, what? He actually did fumble." And he got the touchdown. <laughs> he got the ball back. It's oh, not fun man. being a Broncos fan right now, for sure. It really isn't, man. So, but other than that, like we said before, Broncos are imploding. We'll see what happens with them during the season, and we'll just see. Yeah, so, right. the next game was Buccaneers at Browns with the Browns winning it. We both got that one wrong. Yeah, 23 to 17, went into overtime, kind of expected it to go back and forth. Um, but, you know, that one was another one of those games because they were playing at Browns and you know the home field advantage is real but I wouldn't say that at the brownies <laughs> that brownies the brownies the elves is that what they're yeah <laughs> so the, the brownies is an elf and stuff like that and that's yeah. like in the midfield now and I'm just like wow it's not that helmet anymore because honestly I ain't gonna lie to you that the helmet, helmet was getting tired it's just it's an orange helmet Ooh, Ooh. But like <laughs> you gotta do something we'll, we'll see how this one this mascot works out but yeah I was kind of surprised at seeing that they won. And I was like, what the hell happened? Like, I guess it, it's just one of those things. Like when you face the Seahawks, like we can't do what other teams can do to beat the Bucks, but everyone else is like, yeah, that's easy. Them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Ravens. Uh, oh, did you have something else to say? No, 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 go ahead. Gotcha. Ravens at Jaguars. This was, wow. This is a very close game. 28 to 27 of uh, Jaguars. And we both got one, that one wrong. Yeah, Jags went for it all in the. Uh, uh, they scored, you know, with 14 seconds left. They went for it all. It's a theme for this week, and uh, they they went ahead and got it. But you know, there were some. I think Ravens kind of fell back into this trope of like screwing up games late. I think Ravens took a, an early lead, and uh, Jacksonville came back and won it. But they they the way they screwed it up. I think they missed the. They turned the ball over a couple times. Yeah, turnovers but, will always be the bane of any team. Jacksonville scored 18 points in the fourth quarter. Going into the fourth quarter, the score was 12 to 10. So maybe it wasn't as big of a, a blowout as a. Unless as they a had 18 game. unanswered points and stuff. So, but it, it, it probably wasn't unanswered, but like it just went back and forth. But like, come on, man. Like, but Jaguars, I, I won't sleep on them. So, no. so next up, we got Texans at Dolphins. Uh, we both got this one right with the Dolphins winning thir- uh, 30 to 15. I mean, there's not, not much, much else to say. Yeah, not much to say about this one. The the one thing to note though is I don't know if Dolphins took their foot off the gas. If they just because they were up thirty to I think they they, were, they they put those thirty points up in the first half and then they kind of just took their foot off the gas. I don't know if that was intentional. Maybe they were just kind of like cruising it at that point, or you know that's something to keep an eye on. I don't I don't think it, it's anything 
worth anything worth being concerned about, but it's just right. noteworthy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, next game, uh, Bears at Jets, thirty-one ten for the Jets, and we both got this one right. Yeah, I mean, it's not hard. The Jet Bears were playing a backup quarterback, and you True. know, the Jets defense is the Jets defense, and you know, they just happen to be playing Mike White. And Mike White all the way. I I, I would hope they go all the way because I thought I mean, they were going to do the. I thought they were going to give him the Kirk Cousins treatment on the plane ride home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know about all that one yet because Kirk. Kirk Thuggins is, is his own character. He even talking about he's even talking about getting a grill too. So he's like, you know, he's like, you know, Justin Jefferson got one. He got one. I'm like, I'll get myself a grill too. And I'm just like, oh my god, live your best life, man. You might as well, because um, I don't know where the Viking season is gonna go, right? So, yeah. um, Bengals at Titans. I definitely caught this game a little bit, but yeah, uh, I got this one right with the Bengals winning twenty to sixteen. Yeah, that one. What uh... you think about that one? I think they, I think the, I think there were, the Titans were kind of largely held, held in tame. Uh, Derrick Henry did have that huge run and then fumbled on the goal line and Traylon Burks came in and recovered that fumble in the end zone. So saved that long run. Derrick yeah. Henry is continuing to get more touches, kind of like how he's ramping up his season towards the playoffs. I don't think the the Titans have any concerns in their division right? because they're playing with the Jack. I think the, who are the, the Jags, Texans and Colts, yeah. like they're going to the playoffs. I think that they've just accepted that mm-hmm. um you know this is just formalities at this point for them yep yep and um yeah i mean Bengals were Bengals were fighting they held they de- well, i mean but yeah besides that like you said besides that big run they held down derrick henry because let's just be frank he's like the heart of the offense you stop him then you can worry about ryan Tannehill afterward Traylon burks was looking good but uh yeah there was actually it was actually a close game really close game um and uh, we'll see what happens with the Bengals too the rest of the season as well. Mm-hmm. So next up we got Falcons at Commanders, and we actually picked the Commanders in this one or the Commies, and we both got that one right. They won nineteen to thirteen. Yeah, I don't have much to say on this one. I, th- I think it's just kind of these are the kind of games you can expect from the Commanders moving forward. Yeah, we'll see if they can keep on being like the the heartthrob or whatever of like the NFL at the moment because they've just been winning straight. So as a team, not as an organization, because fuck that organization. Fuck that or- but, but they are chasing. I think yeah. Chase Young still hasn't come back yet. I think they activated him, so he's going to be practicing and trying to get up to speed again. I would so. be patient with Chase Young. You might as well be, because if you're winning, they're 7-5 and five right now, and if the season ended today, they would be a wild card team. So yeah. I would just like ease Chase Young back into it. Don't force it, because especially if you're going to make a playoff push, you don't want to lose Chase Young. For sure. Um, so next up, we got Chargers at Cardinals with us. That's funny. Uh, we're both right. Chargers, they won 25 to 24. I didn't see the game. I will probably go check out the highlights and stuff. But I heard uh, alongside from uh, Oliver that like he was like, you know, we want to join the last second losing club. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Chargers, Chargers uh, scored in the winding seconds, uh, went for it all in two. You got to give uh, got to give Brandon Staley credit for having big balls but um big balls get big calls right so big calls <laughs> basically so the, man so the, they ended up winning it and you know it's one of those things where it could have gone either way but you know it went for the chargers this time yep yep so hey that's a that's a that that definitely like that's like the knife in the gut for the cardinals if not the game the game before so i mean they're they're not going anywhere with mm-hmm. that with that loss there definitely need to check out the hard knocks in season with them as well just for out of curiosity so um, might give that a watch maybe this like uh, leading up to this weekend on the side. 
but uh, man, that, that sucks for the Cardinals because you know there's some players on that team. So oh, for sure, they got a lot of they got a few Huskies on there. Uh, right, I, I like, that's all. Like like every time you every time you talk, you're like oh, they got a few Huskies. They got to show some love. You know, yeah, they got Buddha Baker and Miles or Byron Murphy. They got to get yeah. some love. Oh, Byron Murphy's still there. I think so. Byron, oh, Murphy's yeah, he is. He is. He is. Um, but yeah, let's move ahead. Rams at Chiefs. Chiefs got it twenty six ten. We both got that one right because Rams they're done. Yeah, they, they, I think that's just that, enough said. Chiefs are Chiefs. But, Rams are Rams. They're in two different points in their lives right now. Yeah, basically. And next, this is like a, I didn't watch this one, but this is a surprising this game. Ended up, be, ended up being better than we thought, right? Right. Uh, Saints at Forty Niners. Uh, for uh, we both oh, got this one right. Uh, what's up? Oh, sorry. I was about to say I was looking at Packers at Eagles on this one. Saints at 49ers. That was a that was an interesting one, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I'll save my excitement for Packers at Eagles. Gotcha. So real quick on the Saints and 49ers. So you know, for the game, the score was 13 to zero <laughs> with the 49ers winning it. So we'll, you're probably used to seeing your 49ers be like a high octane offense, scoring all the time, but then. The Saints just, they have a good defensive coordinator and a good squad of players. Because if you can hold down, you know, the only thing, the issue with the Saints, like we talked about before, is their offense. But, man, the Saints' defense is just solid. It's, it's just, it's basically like the offense. It's like the Jets of the NFC, right? Maybe not to that level, but, like, it's the same idea where they're, you got players like Cam Jordan, Mark, Marshawn Lattimore, you know, mm-hmm. like those guys that are just holding they down play, the defense. They play hard. Yeah, and they got Dennis Allen. Dennis Allen is a defensive-minded coach. You know, they're coached well on that side of the ball. And if you can keep George Kittle, Debo Samuel, CMC all in check for the most part, um, and your offense can't go out there and score a few points, you know, that's that's what it came down to. So, yeah, like, again, that's a surprising score of 13-0. to Because I saw that, and I was like, what? I would expect I didn't expect like you know the Saints to get zero, but at the same time, thirteen to zero. That's that was just the odd score, but um, we can talk about this uh, this next game because I didn't get to see it. I definitely need to go and check like a like I'm gonna go. I have NFL Plus, so I'm definitely gonna go check maybe like a um, the condensed game of it, which is pretty cool. But yeah, Packers had Eagles forty to forty to thirty three Eagles. We both got this one right. It's basically like the it's it's the flip of the game of our game, right? It just kind of it was it was a game that you didn't really expect to be this strong with how Eagles have been playing. Um, mm-hmm. You you didn't expect them to put thirty three let the Packers put thirty three points up, even though the Packers are trending upwards. Um, some takeaways I had from that game I didn't mention this during the injuries because I I forgot to add him in that in that list mm-hmm. as well. CJ Gardner Johnson has lacerated kidney. You know that's worth keeping an eye on. He's been a standout player. I think he leads the league in interceptions. I thought I think he's the one with six interceptions. Really? I thought it was um. Let me see NFL league. Yeah, while you're looking that up, you know, uh, well, another thing was that Jordan Love came in for a, a couple plays. I think he had a 60 yard bomb for. Um, I think he, I think he hit Christian Watson. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so I naturally, naturally Packers fans are like, Jordan Love, he can throw the ball, you know, they're, <laughs> they're, I mean, they're, they're already looking know. at it, you know, maybe Jordan Love can come in more often if the season gets out of hand. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and yeah, CJ Gardner Johnson was leading the league in interceptions with six and Tariq Woolen's right behind him with five interceptions and one interception touchdown. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, Something worth keeping an eye on. He's been a standout player. That entire defense in in uh, for Eagles, especially with Darius Slay and um, James Bradbury, um, they've been playing extremely well. Or not? Is it Dr- Brett? 
Bradbury or Brad? Yeah, James Bradbury from Bradbury. the Giants. Mm-hmm. And I think I can't remember their other safety his name. They're they're they from top to bottom. That defense has you know playmakers. They were a bit leaky in this game though, because if you're giving up 33 points, you got to look at something on your defense. I don't yeah. care how hard anyone's playing, because you don't want this to happen to you in a playoff setting. For sure. So uh, finally, we got the last game, which is Steelers at Colts. Um, funny story, but uh, we both got this one right uh, with the Steelers winning 24 to 17. Uh, funny story was like I had a terrible, terrible day at work. And, you know, when you're filled with stress and you want to like, you know, at least relieve that stress, you want to go to the gym, went to the gym and get on the treadmill a little bit. And guess what? Someone actually put the game up on the TV. So I was actually watching like the second half. And, uh, you know, it's Steelers were looking solid. Um, they're getting better on a week by week basis, especially with Kenny Pickett. And that's pretty much all I have to say on it because, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, you, you touched on the point that I was going to say, too, which was Kenny Pickett looks like he's been slowly improving. I mean, he's not out there scoring four touchdowns a game like you would, like other players, I mean, like maybe like they had expectations of, but he's not making mistakes. Um, I think another thing I forgot, another injury I forgot to mention was Najee, I don't think Najee Harris finished this, um, finished no, this game. No, he didn't. And so he maybe didn't. that's something to keep an eye on as well. Yeah, but um, some other people were saying, like, Najee Harris, he's, he gets a lot of, he's been being, he's, he, with his volume of touches, he hasn't been productive with it, even though yeah. he gets a high Especially volume. Especially this season. Yeah, but we'll see what they do. They definitely need offensive line help, though, for sure. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely for something for them to look at in the draft because they have a top five pick as well. And early on in the season, I don't think they had TJ Watt as well. I think TJ Watt's back now, right? I think he's yeah, I, he's he should be back now unless um he's still, unless he's still trying to get revved up. Still forget. I think he's back. But regardless, like it's Steelers is just kind of like iffy right now. It's it's basically one of um you know the down years of the team, and like that's like a first too. Um, yeah, that's like isn't that like the first for this team to have like this low of a uh, um a record? I'm not trying to look it up or anything like that, but you know, my you know, they're four and seven right now, so sitting at the same record essentially as the Colts. So yeah, they're Mike, on high pick Mike Tomlin, he uh, he just knows how to. He's like the most winningest coach with that franchise and like hey that's grit too you you take you take all those losses and now like you're steadily getting win after win it's just i don't i i think they need to kind of especially for his job though especially for his job if they continue to trend upward you know they start playing even better and better it just if anything that just adds a that's a feather in the cap for mike tomlin that Mm -hmm. he took this team that he he, he, like he manifested resilience in this team and also Mm -hmm. made the improve over the course of a season yeah much agreed so now we can actually talk about our week 13 picks. And we got some interesting picks, you know, uh, coming up. So ready to begin? Yeah, let's go through them. Bills at Patriots. Bills. Yeah, I don't, again, uh, Bill Belichick is a good coach. But, I mean, <laughs> you need to rely on your players at the end of the day. You're not on the field yourself, Bill. Yeah. <laughs> they don't have your mind, Bill. Um, Steelers at Falcons. I'm going to go Steelers. A, that's a good one. I, I think I'm going to go Steelers as well. But, you don't uh, know. It's one of those you don't know, but like like we just talked about with the Steelers, uh, they've been showing resiliency and they're they're looking pretty solid. So yeah, I, I mean, after them. just hyping them up, I, I think I feel like I obligated to follow follow through with them. Broncos at Ravens. Let's go Ravens. No, I'm not. I'm, again, I'm not touching a Broncos offense. I already touched That's it. Right. And I said I wasn't going to touch it. <laughs> yeah, Packers, Packers at Bears. Now, I would love. I don't know if. Um, 
Justin Fields will be back, especially off of that injuries, but I'm going to go Packers because they're kind of red hot right now. I would not be sad if they lost. Yeah, I, I, I would don't be laughing because of, you know Aaron Rodgers said he owns that team. So <laughs> I really want the Bears to beat them, but we'll see. But now we have the underdog bowl or like the underdog teams that a lot of people love. The Jaguars at Lions. Who you got? I'm going to say Lions because I love the Lions. Yeah, we, 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 love, the Jaguars. we love the way they play. I got Lions I as know. well. I don't know where this is going to go, though, because Lions have lost games where like it seemed like they were going to win and stuff like that. So we'll see. But I like the Lions more than Jaguars. Yeah, on me too. Level. Now, next, Browns at Texans. I'm going Browns. Browns. I don't. Uh, the, I do. Not, I have not watched any Texans game myself. So, and that's funny because like right now we're still picking like the same right now. But this is a tough one. I so next one. Jets I mean, at Vikings. I'm gonna I, go Vikings. I think I'm going Jets. That's fine, and we'll we'll see. Like we'll see what happens with that one. Yeah. I I may or may not change, but I'm I'm. It's it's because of this. Like I might change because I do like Mike White with the Jets, but at the same time vikings but i don't know if it's going to be like the vikings at the cowboys right so yeah. we'll see um the commies at giants i got commies dude yeah I, I can't i was thinking giants but like commies have more heart if not more talent so mm-hmm. titans at eagles uh, i eagles. think this is a tough one for me too i probably because I, I i have hyped up mike Vrabel a lot um I wouldn't be surprised if the Titans won, but I think it's just Eagles are going to... Offensively, the Eagles have shown that they can pretty much impose their will on anybody. Yeah, so so far we only have one game where we pick different teams, and that's Viking, uh, Jets at Vikings. So Seahawks like at Rams? Seahawks. I, I ain't going against my Seahawks. Yeah, come on. <laughs> if we lose, we lose. Which I hope we don't lose. But like, uh, if uh, at least I'm on brand by picking the Seahawks every single time. <laughs> yeah, we're, even if we're even if we go on like a 12 game losing streak, we're still picking the Seahawks. Now I got have, have like a high octane or the I wouldn't say contenders because maybe that would be you know Eagles and Eagles and Vikings maybe. But Dolphins at 49ers. I, I'm going go with Dolphins. I'm going with Dolphins as well, just because speed off of the wide receivers. It's just going to open yeah. so many things up for, um, for that for that game. And I know Tua is not going to have a lot of time to throw. He's probably going to have to improvise a little bit because um, they have all their defensive players for the 49ers, right? Or uh, they they're missing a couple, but like uh, that's due to injury. But I think Nick Bosa, you know, I think for Nick Bosa for one is back. Um, is it? I think Javon Kinlaw is playing. Um, but this is also Dolphins in California too, so you know. Mike McDaniel's going home. <laughs> <laughs> right. And that's like a homecoming game, I guess. So we'll see what, what happens with this. I feel like it's going to be such an offensive game, maybe no defense. So we'll see. Yeah, it could be. At Bengals. Which I got is, Chiefs. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't be surprised if like the well, Bengals are definitely an underdog, but I don't think they can get the, the Chiefs, especially with the defense they're running with right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Chargers at Raiders. I don't, uh, it's Chargers. iffy to me because I would still pick Chargers, but it's iffy because Chargers and their receiver health and stuff like that is still a thing. So yeah. I'm still going Chargers. I, I could I, say I expect, I don't, I that's expect. not a, that's not a game where it's like oh I'm gonna have fun and uh, just pick the Raiders just because. But like you never know with this division. Yeah, for sure. Um, Chargers had, also yeah, will show us why we're incompetent as a as a team. You know, being <sighs> able to contain. What, I mean, like, we can watch beat the, the Chargers, Chargers but we, we can beat the Chargers, but we can lose. We lose against the 
against the Raiders, right? With with the reincarnation of Bo Jackson at running back, apparently. Right. So we'll see what happens with that. Next up, Colts at Cowboys. That's uh, not even a question. Unfortunately, the Cowboys, but Cowboys. Yeah. Unfortunately, Man. this this is the one that I I don't know about this next one. Um, Saints at Buccaneers, and it's a Monday night game. Um, if we go based off of what they did in Week was it one? I'm still gonna go to the Bucks because the Saints have no offense. I don't know where it is. I'm thinking. It's okay if you want to pick the Saints, but that's if you think they're going to find an offense in that. If they find an offense and actually can put plays together, I would say Saints. But they haven't shown me that, personally. I'm going with Saints. I'm going with oh, full So the two games that will decide this one is Vikings at, uh, Jets at Vikings or Saints at Bucks. And if we both get, the, if we both get those wrong, it's just a tie. Yeah. So, well, we uh, both can't be wrong, but if we, get, if we, if we split, yeah, if we we split, split those it, games... Right. I mean, those are like the game changers for us. Unless there's a tie. Yeah. Or, and then, of course, like Jaguars and Lions, if we think that the Jaguars can get one on the Lions. But, hey, who knows? So, yeah. Um, that's pretty much all we have for the Week 13 game. So, uh, if you want to do your send-off, my good man. All right. Um, not much le- left that I want to touch on. I do want to bring up what the hell was going on with that Jags mascot, man. The one that was running around in a Speedo, like... That dude went full Florida man, didn't he? Yeah, that was true Florida man like energy. I saw that. It was like, what was he like? He had the he had the lion or the jaguar uh helmet, but then he it was just him in like in an American underwear, like American speedo with like painted up or something like that. It was it was so odd. I can't forget that. It was I, and, and people in Florida, I don't know if they re, how they responded to that or if they just expect accepted that as like a normal thing. But mm-hmm. yeah, that was a weird one. Yeah, 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 for sure. So, um, what about you, man? So for me, um, you know, not to you know kick a horse while it's down or anything. Kick a bronco while it's down. Yeah. So (laughs) if you have, if you've had sex nine times since September twelfth, you've scored more than Russell Wilson. That that uh, that was one of my favorite memes of this week, dude. The best memes, and I literally had to sit there and be like. Damn! You you, you you full on read that, and then you evil laughed. I know you. You're like, ah, was like, it's that's funny because someone actually took the time to say, "Hey, on a minute, this man only scored nine times so far." And true, like their offense is is, is pretty shitty right now. So, um, yeah, that's that's pretty much all I have. Um, it was a it was a weird week of a somewhat weird odd week of football. Um, this upcoming week is going to be, it's going to have a lot of games I want to watch for sure. I'll make time for that this time around. And, uh, oh, I wonder if I have an NFL red zone. I don't know. Cause it was free one weekend and then it's just gone. Cause NFL red zone is like, oh my gosh, it's so, so clutch. perfect. It's so clutch. They, they definitely show what you need to see. But anywho, man, you know, anything else from you? Nope. That's all for me. Um, you can go ahead and sign us off. All righty, y'all. Um, just, hey, thank you for joining the podcast. Again, It's it's been a journey. We're almost through a whole season. We'll see where that takes us. But, uh, hey, uh, you know, before you go, if you made it this far, you know, give us a rating on whatever platform you're on. Five stars. And you know you want to. You know you want to hit five stars. <laughs> you got to. But uh, make sure you also follow us on our Twitter, Mr. Epps, Poc- uh, Mr. Epps especially on um, Instagram as well. And hey, just come check us out. Hit us up on Twitter. Say something. You know, do something. But hey, you know, we hope to see you again next week. Yeah, we hope to see you again next week. Peace.
Peace out.